Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio. So come along, won't you? Oop, nope. Yep, yep, yep. Screwed it up. <laughs> Screwed up that whole opening. That's... Too much of a pause between the two fingers. We have now dropped multiple <sighs> places in the charts that This is <laughs> not... Have. The type of performance from the 76th podcast Uh, on on Apple Podcast Technology Charts. (laughs) I need a cheers button. That is insane. (laughs) I just, I can't. (laughs) As of this recording, our podcast is above Tom Merritt's. Like we're ahead (laughs) of Tom Merritt. I don't know. All I can say is thank you to you, dear HRCC listener. Whatever it is, it's working. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing. Whatever it is you're doing, (laughs) keep it up. You are you are helping ham radio reach a lot of ham curious people in the context of not a lot of ham radio. (laughs) (laughs) Really tricking people into thinking this is a technology podcast. I don't even know how we ended up on the technology I think I probably put it there. I was like, yeah, it's, they don't have a ham radio chart. <laughs> so let's go with this one. One of these podcasts I, I, um, I used to listen to more, but it's called Ice Cream Social. Yes. And they used to have this thing where it was called the obelisk scheme. And the obelisk scheme is that you tell one person about the podcast. Okay. Because obelisks are just vertical. <laughs> And they tell one person, and they tell one person. Just it's just a vertical, <laughs> vertical obelisk, not a pyramid. Don't tell four people. Screw that. Do not go exponential. One. We are fully linear here. <laughs> one person. Linearity is important. Just like in electronics, which is a part of technology and radios. <laughs> so welcome again to the Everyday Crash Course Podcast. We appreciate you coming out. Leah, what's been going on with you this week? Oh, I dragged you into something. <laughs> oh, man, did you ever. That, I don't know that you're going to forgive me over. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I did ask you first. It wasn't like How a can whole... I tell you no? When I see <laughs> the people in our city and what they're capable of in this area, I'm the only one in this city that is capable of doing this at this point. The only the one. The only one. Okay. So for everybody who doesn't know... I am in the middle of with uh, a few of my friends who are a part of the citywide uh, neighborhood watch program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't even call it a program because it's just it's a bunch of people who are like, all right, we're going to organize people. We're going to like watch to see if there's something suspicious going on in our but neighborhood. There's, there's many groups. There's yeah. many blocks and they they have created a conglomerate of blocks right. in different groups all the all the captains mm-hmm. of the blocks talk to each other right. on a on a whatsapp which and, we've talked about yeah so we decided that because we have elections coming up for our, our uh, city council we would put together a debate only on community safety Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we don't want to hear what you're going to do about potholes or just neighborhood watch. or what our our uh, performing arts center hemorrhaging money. We don't care. We don't okay. care. We're focused on safety. Everybody runs on this platform of public safety. Right. What are you actually going to do? Right. Right. Which and all sounds great. Sounds yeah. Great. 
Sounds fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it was like a, a couple of other people were like, yeah, we should do this. And they were like, no, no you know what? Let's call Leia. <laughs> and then I was like, awesome. Yeah, we'll do it. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you're doing it. <laughs> Specifically because they want it online. Yes. Not just online. Not like someone with a camera and some microphones records it. They want live Zoom. Yes. And it's seven people. Yes. Seven mics, mm-hmm. two cameras, one's a wide shot and the other's a tight end shot that I've actually got your nephew or your cousin yeah. helping to run the camera so that I can just run OBS and switch between mm-hmm. all the different shots and the back and forth of a debate Yep. over Zoom. And I was freaking out up until today because we thought that we were going to have to use my phone. <laughs> that had no signal. To stream it that has no signal because the entire library is sheeted in metal. Oh, yeah. Our library is like world famous. For attenuating signals. <laughs> for, for this like massive architectural situation. Actually, our library is quite nice. It's got... Um, this insane aquarium kind of thing. It's it's a, of it's it. a fantastic yeah. library. It is actually, but it at is least clad. country class, if not world class. <laughs> but it is clad in metal. <laughs> it is totally clad in metal. It's just a big attenuator. So this is going to be pretty interesting because uh, we're recording this or kicking off the recording on the day before, and we'll wrap up the podcast on the day after. So you'll know whether you'll or not know. this is a train ride. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It should be really interesting. Uh, so my friend Jennifer has been um, helping me. Uh, we've been organizing it together. Uh, I made her the moderator mm-hmm. because I am way too vocal. <laughs> and I'm, she, no, I'm just going gonna to stop you right there. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, And she disappeared from society during COVID. <laughs> so. Right. So she's perfect mm-hmm. because she's actually one of the admins for the the citywide um, neighborhood watch uh, chat. Right. And uh, so while she's planning the debate portion, I am event planning for the meeting that's going to be in person. Mm-hmm. And you're planning the Zoom, right? All of the audio visual. But this is what gets me because I watch online the mm-hmm. city council meetings and the school board meetings mm-hmm. and your video skills are going to blow people's minds. I just hope it works out as well as you think it's going to work out. Like but these- I, I don't know that how I can be any worse because I think I think the way they mic most of the council meetings, the council meetings are pretty good, but all the other board meetings like PTA board and school board and all that stuff, I think they have lapel mic packs strapped to a ceiling fan set on high. <laughs> and that's how they record it with just the loose wire spinning wildly uh, attached to the, the blades of the ceiling fan. It's, uh, it's an interesting it's, Doppler effect that you've got into the, uh, the, the audio feed there. My goal... If nothing else coming from this meeting is for people to leave it going, how did they do that? And these like multi, like six figure million or or like, you know, hundreds of million dollar budget government agencies can't put together. Tell me more about this uh, six figure million. I need to, I need to invest in of some of these six-figure 
hundreds of millions of dollars in the uh, in these government many agencies. six figure millions <laughs> stacked into one seven figure million. <laughs> I'm very intrigued. Well, <laughs> thanks again, everybody, for coming out to the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast and to get it back on track here. What we like to do to kick things off is the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And this week is try to be zen about ham radio. Did you hear the defeated tone in in that one? It's (laughs) It's, never a minute. It's never a minute. (laughs) So be a little bit more zen with ham radio. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about just putting that antenna up. Just get that antenna up. Well, there's a a flip side to just put the antenna up. (laughs) Don't put the antenna up. That's the flip side. So the recommendation is put it up and then stop. Stop putting it up. It's up. <laughs> but I mean, like, you have to wait until it's up. You can't just be midway. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it all the stop. way up. Get it all the way up and then stop. Because then it won't be up. It'll be down. <laughs> yeah. So the, the freaky outside, the, 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 the intensity effect of just putting it up is I put it up and now I can't stop thinking about it and fussing over it. This is very much the the engineer crowd's mind is, is going... I have an antenna just like that. I can't stop thinking about it. And it's always not tuned correctly. And there's always something wrong. I can and, make it better. And is it I too can... close? Is it too close close to the galvanized roof that I have in the backyard? So I've got to move the leg a little bit further out. And then the vertical antenna for VHF is too close. And it might be interfering with my dipole. Could I have reached Belarus if I just so, changed this one thing? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so the zen of ham radio, and, and we're focusing on antennas here, is... There's a, a balance, there's a middle ground, right? A middle ground is the Zen way of looking at something where you you've kind of hit the point, the stride of it being functional and it may not being perfect. Or the any more calories you jump you dump into making it better is only yielding a tiny, tiny, tiny percent improvement. I see this a lot in mobile antennas, actually, people that get uh, VHF, UHF mobile antennas. They fuss about antenna placement and how they're bonding and, and are they using enough toroids and how they have the power lines run. All of that is very important, but there is a point where it's good, it's working, enjoy your radio. So I don't know if there's people listening to how this do, that How needed... do you know when you reach that point, though? Well... So take my video that I did, the I've done two now, where I set up my SDR at home, my software-defined radio. I go to a park two miles away, basically, and I transmit from my radio into that SDR. The SDR is recording my audio and my signal-to-noise ratio. So I can go back home, look at the results, and go, oh, this is my signal-to-noise ratio. How much higher my transmitted signal from that two-mile-away location was received by the SDR. I can make real-life modifications to any antenna, VHF, UHF, drive to the park, transmit, come home, and look at real numbers. Because VHF, UHF antennas, there's a distance you need to be to get the far field effect, basically, the the propagation space, if you will. Um, Any closer in than that, and it may not be as as effective, or you may be in a side lobe or something like that. This is also highly true of... uh, of UA, of HF, but have practical examples on how you sound, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, simple tests that you can do. You can you can do this with cheap little dongles and whatnot. <gasps> real, uh, real actionable results, 
right? Mm -hmm. Real data. Sure. Well, that takes me like 30 minutes to, to do all that. Put the antenna in the car, swap an antenna out that I want to test, drive to the park, transmit, transmit, come home, I'm done. Boom. Simple. Uh, there may be easier ways to do it, but that's a real like bare bones, simple approach to mm. it from my point of view. Does that mean you're going to stop shutting off breakers? No, that has nothing to do with HF. And that has nothing to do with RFI. You've really crossed the streams on that one. No. Power shutoffs will continue as long as RFI persists. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, so that's the ham radio minute. Thanks so much for. I getting... knew I was going to be disappointed by this minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So feel a little bit more zen. Find the middle ground. There's a point where it's no longer a return of investment is so tiny that unless you're like a contester or a major DXer for hf then fiddling is for fun if it's your hobby enjoy it have fun with it cool if you like futzing around with the antenna but if it's like giving you stress like you feel stress because of the antenna maybe this is the the message you've been waiting to hear it's fine you're okay you're gonna be all right <laughs> and so will your antenna your antennas are okay i'll bring the beer all right, we have uh, two beers. Leah, you are drinking a Mother Earth Brew Company, Calo Cali Creamin. Horrible I like this. name for a beer. I've had. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> mm -hmm. Tasting notes: vanilla bean, cool and crisp, smooth finish, ale with natural flavor added. I actually have had this beer before. I actually like it very much. And I am drinking the leftover Mike Hess from the um, K Six ARK live stream, the Hop Cloud. Yeah, I And I held I that up that on stream in K6 ARK and it said, that's what I look like before I had LASIK. <laughs> the man that's on the can, so. I, bu I bought this uh, specifically because you did a talk with Kark on... Um, propagation. Yeah. Yeah, radio propagation. So, yeah. Hopping clouds. Hopping clouds. Very yeah. good. So, join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Right, because iTunes, I guess. Because is... I'm from the 90s when there were iPods. <laughs> I grew up with iPods, and we had iTunes. There's So the website for Apple Podcasts is Apple Podcasts. It's not iTunes. We've been, wow. How did we get to 76, telling people <laughs> to go to iTunes? Well, it's still accessible on... Um... I gotta dust off my G4 iMac. <laughs> it's still accessible on Thank you, everybody, um, for Apple going to that. devices. Thank you, everybody, for, for pulling out the vintage Apple gear to, to God, go in the install distance. iTunes off a of CD-ROM uh, to go <laughs> to give a review to our podcast. So, yeah, we're obviously talking about Apple Podcasts. And if you do drop us a review over there, it is appreciated. Most podcast websites and apps don't really have a review mechanism. They'll maybe have like a thumbs up, thumbs down. But yeah. The Apple iTunes allows you to go and give five stars if you like and drop a review if you like. And yeah. when people do, we read them on the podcast. So there's the background on that because I'm, I'm sure now people are like, I don't get it. I don't understand this iTunes thing. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> there's people that have lived their lives with no concept of iTunes so far. So we do appreciate it. You can also email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. There we are no really reviews uh, this week well, with that, that said. That is that, shocking. We're definitely I don't know. back above the 100s now. That's yeah. how you know. That's how you know. <laughs> I wonder where we would have landed if we did have a review, though. 
Interesting. We'll never know now. I know. Wow. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. We have entered Leia's preparedness corner. What's up this week, Leia? Well, first, um, I, I want to say that the HRCC community is always so inspiring with the amount of work they do uh, volunteering in various situations. Mm-hmm. But this week, I watched Vern. Oh, yes. Go out. He took uh, water and other supplies from his preps, bought even more supplies, and drove out to the town of Carbon. Mm-hmm. And Carbon, if you don't know, has been fully decimated by these wildfires that are raging through Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me feel a little bad. Maybe the Californians that moved there took the wildfires with them mm-hmm. because wildfires are our major disasters. In, Other than in earthquakes. California. But yeah, actually, I think the fires are probably more devastating than they earthquakes. Are. Yeah, for sure. So I was so sad to see uh, what was happening in Texas. And man, Vern, you are doing so great. I asked Vern if we could send him some money to help with his efforts because mm-hmm. When natural disasters strike, inevitably, there are a massive slew of scammers that pop up Mm -hmm. to exploit the tragedy. Mm -hmm. And so I was hoping that uh, since Vern was already out there doing good work, I could just help buy a... Fund fund him already there to get things that he needs for people out there. Yeah, for sure. But good guy Vern is like... No, I got this. But his wife, Renee, mm-hmm. uh, looked up how we could donate to the um, the carbon fired volunteer fire department, I want to say. Oh, wonderful. Uh, they don't have anything set up for online payment, but I'm assuming you could send them a check. Okay. You know, um, I will drop the... Um, the address in the show notes for anybody who wants to donate. Very good. Um, but while we are talking about wildfires, I wanted to bring up what uh, people in San Diego are doing now. Okay. San Diego has a lot of wildfires. They do. Uh, in part because overgrown grass and brush. Yeah. I mean, uh, we have the the company I work for has like land in different areas it's just like raw land mm-hmm. and they are you have to pay a lot of money actually and to clear well, it a lot of money in the sum total not that much money but, but it's for surprising raw it's a surprising amount actually yeah. to properly clear you know and, exactly. and if you're doing it yourself it takes a lot of time a lot of energy yeah so in san diego mm-hmm. they are using sheeps and goats and i think we've we've talked about this we before we have mm-hmm. yeah this has been your whole argument on getting goats Yes. And I firmly believe in it. Mm-hmm. There is a company called Good Shepherds in Rancho Santa Fe. <laughs> and they will bring their goats out to your land. And, you know, they'll set up the fences so that mm-hmm. the the sheep and the goats don't get out. Right. And you just spend the day and they 
end up getting fed very high have, quality feed because it's natural. Well, yeah. you'd hope that it's natural. I'm sure. assuming they ask you, it's like, hey, did you uh, pesticides this recently? Is yeah, I just dump my oil everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the videos of them actually doing this? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. They have a fence system that kind of they move with the goats. Mm-hmm. And they literally, it, it's like if you think about, you know, how like you hold the vacuum nozzle over something really dirty mm-hmm. and you just kind of let it sit there for a second. Yeah. That's kind of what this is over the course of minutes. Yeah. But it's like a big, larger, probably the size of an Olympic pool, but round um, fence. Yes. And the goats just go nuts and then they move it and the goats just go nuts again. It's like you shine a flashlight on something and then it just all gets eaten up. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really fun. It's, it's like the, the er- time lapse. The erase thing on uh, when you're using uh, a graphic. Yeah, yeah, app, yeah. The right? little circle. You're yeah. <laughs> but it's more goaty. I don't know what a goat sounds like. But if you are unable to have your own goats, if you have a large amount of land that needs to be cleared, mm-hmm. consider reaching out to any one of these goat farming companies or sheep farming companies, and you're not going to put any emissions out into the air. With I wonder mulling. how much they charge. Uh, Probably not a lot because it's like a give. I mean, the goats get to eat. Yeah. The farmer doesn't have to pay for the feed. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's only like a day's worth of food, though, for the goat. Sure. It's almost like it might be semi-meaningless to the farmer, right? It's almost more convenient to just pay for the feed versus the gas and everything else. Sure, but they're saving. I wonder what the break even is. They're saving the earth. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's preventing the fires because one of the most heart-wrenching things about uh, Vern's tale going through all this is the pictures he's been posting. I know. And there was like a pasture... Where there's just a bunch of dead animals all charred up. It, it's horrible. It, it is. It's really it's so sad. sad. It's yeah. so sad. I, I just think to myself, it's like, why didn't they open the gate? Or, you know, or they did open the gate and the fire was coming from that direction. Right. And they just, oh, it's so sad. It just messes with my mind. It's sad for that. the animals. It's so sad for the ranchers and farmers. Uh, it, yeah, it's just sad all around because if it's burning up just the field, which, sure, of course, but to the intensity to kill the animals, like kill them, right? The fire intensity must be extreme, and it's burning up all the buildings that that fire went through that field, for sure. The it's town of crazy. Carbon is decimated. Oh, it's so sad. Well, that's that's a quite a downer that goes with the opening of this, uh, yeah. this segment, for <clears throat> sure. I apologize, but I think it needed to be talked about. Yeah, so no, that... it, it, it does, yeah. And I so think you gave some practical info. There. So. Yeah. Um, we'll have, again, show notes for the address for the, is it Wildland or Volunteer Firefighters? Carbon uh, Volunteer Firefighting okay. Department, Fire Department, <laughs> the Firefighting Fire Department. Okay. <laughs> we got there. We got there. Good, good. Uh, so, yeah, if, if, you, if you're thinking about writing a check, if you know what a checkbook is, um, you know, maybe help them out there. That would be great. And then maybe consider emailing some goats as well. Emailing some goats. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. And now we have entered the email correspondence tower for the ham radio crash course. Thanks so much for 
everybody that sends your emails. You can send us your questions or comments on the podcast. We like that you at least include ham radio in there somewhere. Ask a question, comment about something that you've recently done along your ham radio journey. Give a little bit of a review. Again, ask a question. And if you want to have a little bit of fun, we can do that too. I'm sure right. we're going to get some Hawkeye emails maybe this, this week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We no, went no, no. real deep with it. We did. We did. Maybe yeah. we maybe we did hit scratch all the Hawkeye itches. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's no more Hawkeye questions. There's we nothing more to argue about. Hawkeye is the bed. worst Avenger. Put That's it to done. bed. <laughs> with that said, we also have a, a voicemail. It's Lay the annex. It's the annex. Yeah. Is that what they call a little jut? A, a, yeah. a, a foot standing ledge on a tower? I don't think that's called an annex, <laughs> but annex is like a small addition. <laughs> Good, but it is very castle-like in in name. The annex. okay. <laughs> Good. We have no voicemails, but I will give the phone number. Okay. Five six two three three four two three eight nine. Oh, thank you very much. And the phone number is good for everybody who is screaming at the podcast about something I've said wrong. You can just call while you're driving. And we get to hear how good your Bluetooth is. <laughs> so that's the point of that one. Bluetooth critiques. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right. What's our first email? A question and a complaint mm -hmm. phrased to sound like a question. A complaint. And this email is from Tyler. Hey, Hamley. I've recently discovered your podcast and love listening to it. Thank you. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. My job affords me a lot of time to listen to podcasts while I work. And in the past week, I've started skipping out on super negative news that's just been bumming me out lately and diving into your podcast and absorbing all the info and laughs that I can. Oh, thank you. Well, for that, Tyler, I'm sorry for my preparedness corner. <laughs> I am not a ham, but I am ambitious. Oh, <laughs> just like uh, he's gone Paul. from ham curious to yeah. ambitious. Right, that's very good. Just like Paul, mm -hmm. he is very ambitious. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I've been preparing to take my technician license, but I can't find an in-person testing location. Apart from having such a terrible internet connection, my room doesn't suit the requirements for taking the test online, and I only have a desktop, so I can't move it easily. Hmm. I really want to just take the test and get on the air, but my local club has refused to do any in-person testing and has actually turned people away to take tests in other clubs up to three hours away. Hmm. Okay. Wow. I, you know, I'm going to ask you to talk to somebody at Clark. Why? To see kind of what can be done. Maybe you can just put up a sheet around your <laughs> around your desktop or something. So you've created a mini room so you can test online. This is what you do, okay? This is me telling you this, okay? Don't, don't, Clark, if you're listening. Yeah. Just fast forward like 30 seconds, okay? Okay. About a minute. That'll take me a minute. Okay. Just a, uh, it's only a minute. <laughs> yeah. All you, right. You five minutes, up, Clark. <laughs> You put up a green screen. No. And then you put up a picture of a completely empty room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. You've got to spin your cell phone around, though. You've got to do a tour of the room. Yeah. You know what's really cool about that is um, I can use OBS <laughs> to connect to my cell phone as a webcam and use 
the green screen filtering on OBS. You are going to get online testing shut down. I'm what is wrong with you? Kidding. Okay, Glark's back, everybody. Don't, yeah. don't. Uh, shh, shh. Everybody, quick. Uh, everybody, stop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you, okay. One, you should contact them. Actually, okay. Let me go back a step. Sometimes people make statements without actually checking into it, just kind of self-defeatist statements. Maybe this individual hasn't actually contacted them to show a space, like show a picture of their space. Maybe sure. it's not as bad as they think it is. And maybe you just take it in your bathroom. Can't well, you do use a phone or a, a tablet? No, because you because you have to have your camera on. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So here's what, what I'll mention you... before we go any deeper. I don't want to forget. ARRL, all you got to do is Google ARRL, find a test. Okay. have a tool that you can type in your location and it'll show you where they're offering tests and how, and you can set how far you're willing to drive. Oh. There you go. Okay. That exists. Sure. Now, it's not ARRL is its own VE. Right. Right. Well, VEC. But so you're going to get ARRL affiliated VEs back, which is fine. You get the yeah. test, you get the test. It doesn't matter. Uh, so consider that. Or consider borrowing somebody's laptop yeah or, or tablet sure and then going maybe even borrowing their bathroom i don't know but there's lo there's lots got, of ways i got a weird question for you can i borrow your laptop <laughs> in your bathroom <laughs> nothing shady it's only gonna take me about 30 minutes <laughs> oh excuse sometimes, me sometimes sometimes i can get it done in like 20 <laughs> It really depends on if I get the right order of questions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Tyler continues. I, ha I know if you have your general license, you can proctor an exam if you've been trained. Do exams need to be sponsored by a club or can I just find a qualified amateur or proctor to take an exam in some back alley or sketch parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> this yeah now that you said <laughs> biff's uh, tattoos and be sessions i mean instead of trying to get a general you know to get their ve certification first you gotta assemble a cabal of generals <laughs> you meet behind joe peeps pizza maybe but to get it you gotta pass a test and you gotta fight them yeah <laughs> Maybe you just go ahead and ask another ham you know for a laptop in a bathroom. Yeah, I, you're, you're assembling a Rude Goldberg type solution to getting a laptop at a bathroom at this point. Sir, where are you exactly? Uh, I am in an Arco bathroom. And you know what's great about this is I can take as much time as I want because it's always out of order. I snuck back here. I snuck in. Took a lot of work. I stole the key six months ago. Incredibly long keychain. It's the whole mop. You have to pretend you you were cleaning your way out to the door. I've weakened this entire establishment. <laughs> sir what's all that noise in the back i'm sorry i hit the air dryer it also works as a white noise generator i don't want people to hear us right now 
<laughs> so Tyler continues. My other question is about finding old call signs. My grandmother recently passed away. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. And one of the items left to me was the FCC license my grandfather oh. used before my mother was even born. Mm-hmm. It was issued March 7th, 1958. And the last few components of his call sign is torn off the page. Oh, Is there a website where I could find some of these inactive call signs? I know my mother and I would love to know. Well, uh, there is QRZ. So. But if you're looking, if a couple of the numbers are missing. The the problem, and, and I'm sure someone can email us on this. And I, okay. So go to Radio QTH, first of all. And you can, well, yeah, but he needs to know the specific call sign. So here's what I think. You could go to the FCC and look up names. Oh, I, I hope, I hope you can. The problem is if the call sign went to someone else. Right. Then it's not necessarily connected to the first person. Plus, if they had have a name that's not necessarily unique, mm-hmm. like you're going to get like a ton of John Smiths. Right. Right. So that could make this all really difficult. I would throw this out to the podcast listeners on this one. Well, you I mean, I, I do think on this, I do think that the first step is to check the FCC website. Uh, yeah. Look, Start with the FCC yeah. website. And, and by the way, you should do this anyway, since you're trying to get your license, you should get your ULS set up. Mm-hmm. Go set up your ULS. If you have a P.O. box, make sure you set your P.O. box before you go take the test. So it'll be associated with your P.O. box. Nobody, Not everybody says this, but you want to have your P.O. box associated first, and you don't want to use your home address if you want those to be disconnected. And you need to have the ULS set up. Once you have the ULS set up, you can actually go in and search uh, for, for names of people and, and their call signs. I don't think you need to have... Do you really need your ULS set up you first? You don't. You don't, but it you makes it just... easier if you have an account. Okay. All right. Well, good luck. And, you know, Tyler, let us know how that search goes. As always, <coughs> join us over on the Discord. And there are a couple of people like Chris, one of the mods, who knows way more about call signs than I do. Oh, Chris is. I don't know that he's ever tried to track down a, a call sign by name, like someone's name, but mm-hmm. maybe. That's my curiosity, particularly because your, um, your, grandpa- or your grandfather is a silent key that the call sign wasn't folded back into the usable call sign database. It could mm. still be available. It could, but they they randomly assign new licenses, so it could have been assigned if it was a incredibly sought after call sign, like a one by two or three. It doesn't look like it. So okay. Tyler continues. He has an all odd call sign because it's a restricted radio telephone operator permit from the fifties, oh. used by the military and commercial pilots. Oh well, I'm glad. I, believe, I could have had this information yeah. earlier. You that won't work with ham radio. We don't have the same call sign structure. Right. So you yeah. you could you could probably still look it up. I don't know if the FCC database becomes that location anymore though because I don't know that they adjudicated those call signs. Mm. Uh well, Tyler has five characters of the call sign which if you were a ham radio operator you'd be most of the way there right (laughs) or all the way i mean maybe if you can't get that call sign you can get something 
adjacent to it. Yeah. Yeah. You can request a, a, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do have a pretty specific nomenclature to the call signs. Oh, well, actually, Hmm. his grandfather had a very specific name. It started with Ulysses, which is not a very common name. That's true. The the formatting, though, of the call signs for those services are not going to match. That's just the the, the reality of that. Well, Tyler says any info you might have on finding the complete call sign would be appreciated. So I... I do think we need to ask the podcast listeners if anybody has any experience with this Specifically type. with military and commercial aircraft. Right. You may, you may want to uh, go to the FAA website for uh, pilot call signs. Mm. See if they have some so kind the of So the first thing directory. you do is you get... Your drone pilot license. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you fly the drone mm-hmm. to the airport. They love this. <laughs> right up just <laughs> they love it never interferes with anything you'll get a lot of attention very quickly yeah just lots of thank yous <laughs> just, <laughs> such gratitude such, so many thank you <laughs> uh yeah that's a tough one good question but once it started getting outside ham radio mm. you're definitely outside my uh my area right well, Tyler says, thank you for your time and being such wonderful ambassadors. 73, Tyler. Well, Tyler, good luck on your test. Yeah, good luck, Tyler. And uh, good luck on tracking down that license. Some argue ham radio is outside my area. <laughs> <laughs> I argue that ham radio is definitely outside my area. Yeah. Well, you said that so fast, man. <laughs> it's true. The next email is titled, thank you. You're welcome. And this is from Ryan. Josh. Wait, there was a complaint. I thought that email had a complaint. Uh, it's a complaint <laughs> phrased to sound like a question. Interesting. Oh, oh, like uh, a general a, ham radio complaint about com- that club. Yeah, exactly. Not the podcast. Okay, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> Your complaint has been logged. Right. We're just going to file it over here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Been filed. <laughs> Ryan says, Josh and Leah, thank you for the great laughs with your commentary regarding my email last week about Mormons. Ah, yes. (laughs) Please rest assured that I at no time was offended. Good. I greatly enjoy the sidetrack topics that come about, come in about Mormons. Mm -hmm. It's a real fascination. It really is. Leah, you made mention that you have noticed quite a few of the LDS women can be quite beautiful. What a nice compliment. Oh, because it's very true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have to agree with you on that. Sadly, though, many of those women know they are beautiful. And um, yeah, (coughs) just kidding. (laughs) I got I got news for you. Uh, The Mormons don't have a monopoly on this. (laughs) My ex was and is a very beautiful woman, but it has, uh, but it was her adorable smile and kind, genuine eyes that won me over before I had a chance to check the rest of her out. Okay, her fun. I don't think that's legal in Mormonism. (laughs) Her fun personality and great listening ear made me love her all the much more, and she has a beautiful laugh to boot, just like Leia. Oh, thank you. The type that makes you instantly smile when you hear it. Josh knows what I mean. Indeed. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. But as far as getting back together with her, I think about it often, and I am going to sample those waters this year. 
but I believe she may already be involved with someone, which would also be great because I want nothing more than for her to be happy. So we will see. That is so mature. Yeah. But Ryan, you love her so much, she will definitely be happier with you. That's <laughs> And this is how it turns back into <laughs> I want you to just be happy, but you can't be happy without me. <laughs> so we're in quite no, a conundrum. She, she can be happy, but not quite as happy. Not as much happiness. Yes. <laughs> Are you gonna settle for a lower level of happiness when you could be way happier? You're gonna upsell to the extra value meal of happiness. <laughs> You want to supersize your Happy Meal or your happiness? You can't supersize Happy Meals. Ben's trying. Could you imagine? <laughs> I just want a full-sized meal with a toy. <laughs> you, can, you can buy the toy. Can you just buy the toy? Yeah. What are these life hacks I'm hearing about today? <laughs> I Are you kidding? Yeah, I think you can just buy the I'm toy. I'm just going to do this. Why? Like all the time. Why? Because I don't want a Happy Meal. But you have children that do. I don't want them touching my toys. I already have a hard <laughs> enough time. I had to explain to Ben why the Pokemon Go can never be like, not the Pokemon Go, the, what is that crazy Japanese Pokemon thing I have? I, I got this crazy Japanese tiny Game Boy thing. It's not, it's not my friend Pikachu, pocket Pikachu thing. It's a Japanese tiny Game Boy okay. for Pokemon. And he's like, why do you never play with that? I'm like, well, that son is a collectible. We can never open it. He goes, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, son, I agree. And then he opened it. No. He's oh. like, uh, he's like, well, oh. I know you don't want it open, but I have had to stop Edison many times from opening it. And this time I'm not stopping him. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is stupid. I'm like, well, son, they these things are worth money. Way more than what it originally cost. Mm -hmm. And if you keep it wrapped up, it's worth the most money. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay. And then Edison opened it? Well, no. But okay. <laughs> then that same day, Edison asked me what an investment is. <laughs> and so now I have a good example. I'm like, this was an investment. <laughs> I bought this. There's so few of them. That the, the stock of them is, there's just none left. Uh -huh. It's a very rare Pokemon toy. Yes. If we open it, it would take the value of what it is today and like cut it in half. Uh-huh. So and then what did he say? I haven't done this yet. This is just, oh. I'm, I'm workshopping. Oh. Edison like genuinely understands money though, because he will try to climb something mm -hmm. and I will be like, if you break that, that thing costs X amount of money. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like... Oh, I don't think he's connected that everything costs money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the investment angle was, I, I tried, because he didn't understand. He's like, so you, you give money to like a banker somewhere so that they can reinvest it into other people. And he was like, well, who wants to do that? And I found the angle. What? I said, what if you wanted to open a McDonald's? Mm -hmm. And he, and he's like, this this you could do this like he didn't know <laughs> he's five sure what a dumb five-year-old <laughs> no. he just thinks that ronald mcdonald owns them all no I'm, I'm like so what if somebody wanted i don't know what it cost to, to get a franchise mcdonald's so i just use like five hundred thousand. i'm assuming it's more than that but oh it's so much more i'm assuming but i use five hundred thousand. i said well if you don't have the money to open the franchise you go to the bank to borrow the money, mm -hmm. let's say it's 500000 And he goes, uh -huh. okay. 
He's like, I understand. And, and I'm like, money. they don't let you borrow money for free. Right. You got to pay to borrow money. Mm -hmm. So you're 500000 over the time you borrowed it before you paid back the bank would end up being, you know, I made it real easy, like a million dollars. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, well, it's the people that put their money in the bank investing mm -hmm. that gets paid back for them giving their money to the bank to hold on to, right. to use it. Mm hmm I don't know how well it went over because he is five, but that was about as good as I could do. I wasn't going to get into stocks or anything like that. So that was that was about my jam. I tried you, to make it like kid, like his level. like McDonald's. You literally could have just pulled out the investment coins. We buy them when they lose a tooth. We don't do a tooth no, fairy No, because in then I've got to talk about fiat money versus hard <laughs> currency. And, and then daddy starts talking about the Fed again. And then like... <laughs> This is just not going to work. Daddy's got, we started talking about investments, mommy, and then daddy got the grain alcohol, and he's talking about <laughs> ending the Fed. No, but we give them silver coins mm -hmm. that are like, uh, it's like the pure silver dollars. Yeah, but that's that's too tough. To, I don't, we're, we're taking a deep dive here because Leigh and I do like talking about this stuff. Hard currency is too difficult because it fluctuates as almost a contrary to whatever the market's doing it's but like you a haven't invested in the coin you've invested in the silver i understand but then to explain now you have to go into supply and demand purely like purely supply and demand at that point yeah that's it's actually totally based that's on actually how the market works i understand well yeah but opening a mcdonald's and a loan and the investments through the banks is probably you the brought the most sba into this like it's so crazy it was really <laughs> weird where i had to explain what is the fdic insurance but i don't understand they don't even have five thousand hundred dollars five hundred thousand dollars per bank for every person that's right son <laughs> that's why there's insurance this is a ponzi scheme <laughs> What that's why you we talking about? That's why you need additional insurance for the government provided insurance for money that's not in the bank. <laughs> yes, that's right. And he just latched on to that. He, he, he was yeah. like, I want to open a McDonald's. <laughs> no, and then he was like, hey, Israel Mateo across the street. How about you give me some of your money and I'll make you more money. But get more people to also believe in making more money. And then Oh, I shouldn't have gone over Ponzi schemes first. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> that was my the first thing you do when you're talking to a five year old about investments. I will pay you dividends in Chupa Chups, <laughs> my dad, but hold back. <laughs> mm -hmm. I am deep in Chupa Chup futures. <laughs> He's on the subscribe and save. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, Ryan continues. I might just go ahead and send her a Bow Wow Fang radio <laughs> <laughs> that Josh suggested just to see what her reaction would be. It could be worth it. About Chicka Bow Fang. <laughs> but then again, knowing her. That got you. That was a slow one. That was a slow bird. I tried to, I tried to move on. <laughs> What you got me? I got gotcha. you. There's a shirt idea. Bow chicka bow fang. 
I think like I need a, a notes page. Chicken bell thing. Oh, <laughs> it, no words, no yeah, words. Bell, chicken bell thing. But like a bow, like a steamed bun. Yes, and a chicken. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I am a hundred percent in on this one. Well, that just got made. <laughs> Oh, okay. I guess I'll just make a note right here. <laughs> I am also making a note to keep you honest. <laughs> but then again, knowing her, Ryan continues, I'd likely get a what the hell back from her. Makes me Over. grin just thinking about it. <laughs> She'd be like, nobody's ever given me such a masterful piece of technology. <laughs> you have won my heart. <laughs> what did you send me? It's a Baofeng, over. <laughs> our relationship is over. What? Over? <laughs> what about our relationship? Over? Over. <laughs> it's over. It's what? Over? <laughs> that's a bit they can go on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's the, like, who's on first of, of radio. Well, that's enough gab for now, other than I wanted to say that I enjoyed the Ham Radio Crash Course Facebook community, and it seems like a lot of fun. Thank you. Also extremely happy to hear episodes, new episodes of Ham Nation. I was worried that the podcast may have been canceled after I did not receive any new episodes in January and February. That was my fault. <laughs> no one else's fault but mine. <laughs> you know when you're like... You start living life <laughs> and you look back and you're like, oh, the time just flew by. <laughs> you just have no post-processing like for Ham Nation <laughs> once you're done. <laughs> and that's in the can. Yeah. And then I got an email. <laughs> Not too nicely worded email. What did it say? Are, uh, is there still a Ham Nation podcast or are you just like done with this? <laughs> it was something along those lines. I was like... Mother. <laughs> uh, well, you're. No. Well, it's done now. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever stopped doing something just to spite someone? You can thank that guy. <laughs> you're the only one keeping this thing alive <laughs> that people seem to like. But then you just stop doing the whole thing. <laughs> I get emails like that that are just like, I know that emails have no context, but no matter how I read this, I giving you the most the most conversational respect possible, I can't. You get come it. across as a jerk. <laughs> I just can't and find the friendly you want, tone. Yet it's something you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Listen, he's got a city council debate. <laughs> I have important things. Okay, so I had a cut part of that. <laughs> Went down a little rabbit hole there that Leia said, too close to home. So we're just carrying forth with the email. Go ahead, Leia. Ryan wraps it up. Very happy to be hearing Josh, Gordo, Randy, Amanda, Don, and everyone else again. Cheers, Ryan, K0CTR. Well, thank you so much for listening and apologize about the lack of updates. <laughs> Maybe you could just be a part of the post-show wrap-up. So the problem, too, is that my workflow is distributed. Yeah. So this is, I guess, I guess a, a 
the realities of YouTube, like I always learn more things, particularly as I've distributed myself across podcasts and live streams and all this stuff. I have a dedicated live stream computer. It is very good at live streaming. That is what I do on my live stream. That is what I do for Ham Nation. It does a great job. Well, that doesn't automatically dump to like download the videos. Mm. I don't record the videos locally. That would be crazy. I just let them go to YouTube. Right. And then I have to download from YouTube. But I kind of have to remind myself when I'm on the, the MacBook and mm -hmm. doing the editing for our podcast to also download the Ham Nation podcast right. and post it. And we finish so late sometimes. Sometimes I'm just dead. Right. And I just can't carry on. Mm -hmm. But I just hustled through a whole bunch of them and then I scheduled like 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 four weeks of drops. I was so far <laughs> behind. Uh yeah, so there's been like every week there's been like a Ham Nation update and people were like, but it's every two weeks. It's like, yeah, because I'm so far behind and I can't catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think I'm all cut up now. So sorry about that. Well, the next email is titled Thank You. Huh? Well, you're welcome. Clint. Another thank you. Yeah. This is going to my head. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for watching or listening or whatever it is you do. I mean, this has to be listening. Or read. I am everywhere. <laughs> well, you we're, you too. You're everywhere. <laughs> you're in all, you're in two thirds of my, of my formats. Wow. Because I definitely count you as, as part of the major contributors of the newsletter. <laughs> I have to. You're basically ghostwriting the whip on that one. <laughs> No, you're writing it. I'm just going, what are you saying? So if you weren't crazy, <laughs> just put yourself in my shoes. I am a sane person. And I completed elementary school English classes. And uh, what the heck are you saying? <laughs> I, the more I think about it. The more to, the more I think about I it, like I was your Holden Caulfield of newsletter. <laughs> I was literally the kid. I, I swear I was Edison. I was. I think I was the Edison. I think Edison gets it all from me. It's very frustrating because, like, as a child, I remember. I remember looking at a teacher, and telling them, in the future, the computers will correct our grammar. <laughs> This was like before spell check and stuff. And I'm like, when when I when I was typing up on the typewriter and had the little correction tape that yeah. I got scolded on, mm -hmm. I said, well, I didn't know it then. I didn't know it then. But then when I was, I don't know, first time on a, behind a word processor, I was like, this is the future. This is the, this in the future. All of our things will be I mean, corrected. But I think it computers I, I, as I I've don't learned, think it was a big leap to understand. <laughs> That. Edison's five, okay? <laughs> and you were... I don't know. Oregon Trail age? What does that put me? Seven? Oregon Trail? Five, six, seven? Uh, maybe seven, eight. I mean, we're talking about a time where there wasn't, like, word correction. Sure. Right? Sure. But, like, I understood the concept. Like, I knew it was coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm... I'm I was a futurist even back then. Wow. Wow. <laughs> But no, yeah, literally my life has built been built around the like, why don't computers do this? <laughs> what computer can I get to do this? <laughs> like, how do I make a computer do the thing that I don't like doing? So, 
We have yet to get the machine that washes and folds the clothes. Though. Well, yeah. Uh, no, it, is that it a exists. Thing? It yeah. does? Uh-huh. Oh, okay, we should It takes up like that. a whole wall of a room. We should consider this. Yeah. You're not using this office. This could be the podcast studio and folding station. <laughs> and laundry room. <laughs> You've got to run like <laughs> all of the drains in the wall. Oh, it's an actual like it's a you wall. throw it all in. Yeah. And it does everything. Yes. It's not like a thing that you I take. I think it's from Samsung. You don't take stuff out of the dryer and put Mm-mm. it in this thing. Mm-mm. No way. It's even better, right? Oh, you got to show me videos of that later. We yeah. have to figure We're just going to. I'll tear down all those shelving. That, I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll tear it all out. I'll tear it all out. I can imagine, though, the amount of like mechanical bits in that. That fail. When you just run a sweater <laughs> through it the wrong way, it just destroys everything. Well, it's, so you just stop wearing sweaters. <laughs> this only runs tank tops. And short shorts. <laughs> it's a good thing we're in California. Okay. All right, Leia showed me the video on this thing. We had to pause again. Um, I am upset by that thing. <laughs> it does one article of clothing at a time. But it folds it. It washes it, folds it, and puts it in the cabinet. No, it puts it into a little caddy, like a shelf that it shoves out at you. That, that would could not just be where you keep your clothes. But though. you can't, you could not run like a couple of sweaters through that. That thing would get jammed. It reads the label though. It'll know it's a sweater. Uh, no. It just like dips. Could you, and could you imagine and your life dries. would be, your life would be feeding the machine one garment at a time. Yeah, that's just the first iteration. Oh, okay. Soon it'll We're... be able to do multiple pieces of clothing. Yeah, I, that was not the image I had in my head. We're good. We're good here. So you're not tearing out a wall no, of shit. No, okay. No. All right. Just wanted to be clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clint says, Josh and Leia, I greatly appreciate your podcast. I took my amateur radio test on a dare while Whoa. home from Afghanistan, a contractor for Lockheed, in 2016 at 48. Good for you. Somehow I tested out to general. I did nothing for five years. Then I stumbled onto your channel and then the podcasts. Mm -hmm. You ignited the fire that pushed me to learn how to use my license, get my extra last August. Delayed reaction. And a VEC certification. Congratulations. Congratulations. You got a twofer. I won't hold the whole Lockheed thing against you, though. Wow. (laughs) Thank you for all you do. Your efforts are invaluable to the hobby. P.S. CW is next. Right on. Congratulations across the board. Good for you. And that's 73ClintKE0JVX. All right. Thanks, Clint. Congratulations. The next email is titled, You Can Do It, Josh. And this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Nathan. All right, Nathan. Fight the elephant seals. No responsibility. Fight those seals and activate. K1 MAZ. I don't know what that means. Did we talk about elephant seals? I don't. Did you talk about elephant seals? Was it with Kark? Because there are elephant seals where Kark is from. Where is that? Is it from San Diego? Uh, I don't know that there's elephant seals down there. We have sea lions. Mm. Elephant seals are like... The big seals, they have like a, what do they yeah. call that? A proboscis? A proboscis? Okay. Big word. 
Okay. Let's find out where elephant seals are from. Elephant seal habitat. Well, I am yeah. <laughs> a little lost, but I like the activate part. So it says they live offshore the open ocean during breeding seasons. Elephant seals inhabit sandy beaches, both on offshore islands and on some parts of the mainland United States. <laughs> so accurate with the that description. Sometimes they're in mainland Wisconsin. Uh, Eastern and central North Pacific Ocean. So that's the northern. There's also a southern. This is this information comes from NOAA Fisheries. Don't trust it. Now I got my eye on you. How did, how did, how did it know? How did no one know I was looking for this information about how did elephant no one know? seals? <laughs> I am. Are you in cahoots, Nathan? I think he might be. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. So, Nathan, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm sorry, Nathan. But or thank maybe you. this is just another Nathan trick because it's early. It's oh, first day email. Oh, yeah. And now we're talking about elephant seals mm-hmm. with no ham radio you content. You bit right into it, and then you have and a Noah connection. That... <sighs> Every time this you is... visit a Noah website. This is how they get you. <laughs> the next email is titled Jake and the Shamrock Marathon. And this is from Vince. <laughs> right on. Hey, Leah and Josh. I was listening to the rest of last week's podcast today when I heard Jake's email mentioning the Shamrock Marathon. As it just so happened, I was also assisting with the communications at the marathon and was at the mile mark just before Jake's, me at 11 and him at 12. You were what a mile marker, world. brothers. Yeah, helping people who were collapsing from being too fit. <laughs> like... I can't go on. <laughs> I fitted too hard today. I was also at the Thursday night pre-race briefing. Wow. Talk about a coincidence. Next time, I'll keep an eye slash ear out for him. 1X crew, not allergic to bees. Vince, KC6 ISS. Vince has ISS in his call I wonder what he likes to do with ham radio. I don't know. Maybe FT8? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, one of the things that can solve this not knowing whether or not somebody else listens to the podcast Mm -hmm. is wearing a podcast shirt. (laughs) It's true. And I didn't mention if you send us merch ideas, uh, it's possible that we might make it and post it on the merch store, hamtactical.com, which Leia runs. She runs it not only making the art, but also, you know, building whatever the merch is, T-shirts, sweaters, Jackets, yeah. hats, beanies. I all guess that stuff. leggings next. Leggings are on the list for FT8 waterfall. Yeah, so you can just be head to toe mm-hmm. FT8 waterfall. <laughs> really pissing people off at your next <laughs> club meeting. It's just a super cool pattern. Though. It's a super cool pattern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. for sure. Well, thank you so much, Vince, and thank uh, you and Jake for volunteering over at that Shamrock Marathon. Yeah. Good Hope work. you uh, got some beers after. Green beers. Green beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like n- not naturally green beers. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure after that fact. it is artificially green. Yeah. 
The next email is titled, Poto with my kids. <laughs> okay. And this is from Brad. Dear Leia and Josh, for their spring break, my kids in Florida met me at my mom's near Chattanooga. How how are your kids already on spring break? We don't have spring break till April. I don't know. It's March. I don't know anything about spring break. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to span like some time between like covering Good Friday and Easter. Is that not right? I don't know. Uh, I got nothing. I'm very confused now. Somebody somebody help me. Why, why is everybody spring break not in April? <laughs> I have been telling them I had gotten into ham radio and that I really enjoyed a program called Parks on the Air. Oh, cool. They were excited to do this with me, but honestly thought their interest would quickly fade to them playing on their phones. Mm -hmm. I could not have been more wrong. Interesting. My 17-year-old daughter and her friend took turns taking contacts while using my personal call while I used the Ham Radio Adventures Club call. I couldn't get over... DX. How much? What's that? We for DX. That's right. I couldn't get over how much fun they were having making contacts. These kids, whose minds usually revolved around TikTok and Cardi B, were asking me about antennas, radios, and how propagation works. What are these engineering oh, students? Oh, cr- oh. <laughs> okay. I can't even do it. Cardi B's. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> that's a pigeon. <laughs> that's a pigeon. My 16-year-old son made a contact and then enjoyed just listening to us. You are telling me. That's You got insane. three teenagers to go to a park with you and operate ham radio. And like we're super engaged with it. Brad, you need to teach a class. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Did this you is... pay them? <laughs> were these already like kind of techie kids yeah these are you know they're, they're going we, to technical school we need to know how to do this like a million times <laughs> did you trick them <laughs> no i'm kidding that's amazing i agree ham radio is interesting for everyone uh-huh we activated three parks together <laughs> Well, we were in the area. The hunters were awesome and were very patient with them. They didn't have to be patient long because pretty soon these kids were running the pile up. Oh, for sure. Kids have no problem doing that. When we were on the road headed separate ways, I get a text saying all three were going to work on getting their technician license. I was so happy. I am now a firm believer that POTA has to be one of the best ways to get youth interested in ham radio. I hope they stick with it and will be providing them all with the resources they need to be successful in their journey. When I told them they live 30 minutes away from one of the biggest ham fests, they got really excited. That's maybe, awesome. Maybe Hamcation will turn into a good meetup for us. I will keep this one short. Thanks for doing what y'all do week in and week out. 7-3, Brad, K-5, and FB. I- I'm assuming Brad knows his kids pretty well. And even though yeah. he said, like, I thought they'd be bored, whatever. Maybe he really thought that, but, like... He knew that his kids... I, I-, I don't... Yeah. I want everybody's experience to be like Brad's. Yes. I will say if your experience is not like Brad's, 
don't hate your children and say, <laughs> why don't you aren't like more like Brad's kids? Did you hear about Brad's kids? Did you kids? hear about Brad's kids? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't be upset if they're not like Brad's kids. You know what? This all actually speaks a lot to Brad's relationship with his kids, too, it, it, though. It probably is. Yeah, you know, because they, they probably wanted to do something mm-hmm. with their dad that they could all really be engaged with. Yeah. And I think even if kids don't outright tell you, mm-hmm. that's actually what they're looking for right because as they become like young adults Mm -hmm. they're looking for a new way to build their relationship with their parent Mm -hmm. that is not like this authoritarian there was always a thing did you watch the national lampoons movies chevy Mm -hmm. chase national lampoon vacation Mm -hmm. there was always an aspect of clark griswold to me that was like it was just like it was goal minded. It was mm. it was all screwed up in the middle and personality quirks and all that stuff. But if you get right down to it, like, and it's a movie. I appreciate it's a movie. It's not real life, but, but somebody certain, wrote it. There's a certain yeah. There's a certain aspect of like we're gonna set a goal and we're just gonna do it. We're just gonna go do it. Mm-hmm. And you're coming along. Yeah, you're coming along mainly because, of course, like sure they they can elect to go or not go, but. Um, we're just going to go do it. Let's go do it. You need to try this. Mm-hmm. Let's go do it. Sure. And if you don't like it, you'll never do it again, but you got to try it. It's just like how we are with the kids in food, right? They got to try everything. Yeah. You got to try it. Let's go do it. I, this is a prime example. I mean, I don't know the discussion that led up to this or any of the context. This could be like a whole like 30 minute long discussion, just building up to, you know, everything that he did to get to here. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do. Right. Leading back to when they were five, you know, like that. Kind of thing. Like how, <laughs> how far back do we go with this one? Uh, but no, that's a really good story. And really, um, I think motivating. I and we live in a weird time where you can't just be like, hey, neighbor's kid down the street, come on, come with me to a poda. You know, like you can't do that. But you can definitely like invite set up outside your house. Set up outside your house. See if they're interested. If they're interested, invite the father, invite the mother, invite the whole family to come along with you or right? neighborhood watch well yeah but you gotta if you're close to a poda like if the poda is like a mile or if you live in a city with a poda you know that's where all this stuff like becomes a lot easier like if i had a close poda that's not like a museum for a you know a house uh-huh um yeah. it would be a little bit easier right so you know i don't know you uh, should really go activate that before an earthquake destroys that house <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should actually go there and just start talking to some people. Be like, can I like, can I have people hang out in this park? They don't care anything about the house. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Can we just use the can go- I, the gardens? How, how big is your parking lot? Fifty or sixty? Can I just <laughs> fill this with people? You're, you're Do you gonna... want a tour? No. <laughs> how big is your grass? <laughs> Can we put an antenna on the house? <laughs> what is this like uh, two, three stories? <laughs> this is very impressive architecture. Can I uh, if, test uh, it? <laughs> if I put a cherry picker in here, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, four element Yaggies, historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Brad, so much for sharing that amazing story about your family with us. I am so impressed. I am too. That's awesome. Turned out great. The next question is titled Radio Fit Question, and this is from Adam, our resident cheese smoker. Like, check my fit? 
I don't know. I, is, I guess we'll I'm, get there. Great but first, like. I have to tell you, Adam, we bought the Adam, ghost pepper cheese. We got the ghost pepper cheese. It and is we so also good. got the chili and garlic that's in the can. Yes. The ghost pepper cheese is legitimately spicy. Oh, it's so good. So good. Like, just put it in a sandwich. <laughs> like... it, it, it is uh, the least... It is the least good distribution mechanism for their cheese. I don't know necessarily why they chunked it up so that it could be coated in the ghost pepper i'm guessing so they could be fully coated in it yeah um because that that is something that was applied after the fact right it's possible that the ghost peppers when they tried to make cheese with it just killed the yeast or the the cultures oh that's possible yeah yeah it's really good it's just kind of an awkward going about it if you bought it locally on the campus or whatever You'd be able to get it to the fridge quickly, and it would remain in cubed form. Ours arrived with the you know stickers all over it, refrigerator. I literally, the dude dropped it. I picked it up and put it immediately in the fridge. Mm-hmm. It had already gotten kind of cardy. Like, no, not like <laughs> not that. Cardy, cardy. Uh, it had already kind of like started to to Congeal. to unify. Mm-hmm. And that was a bummer. So now we like literally just take our hand and just claw at Chunk. it to rip parts <laughs> out and shove in our maw. Uh, it is fantastic. It is really good. <laughs> just one more reason to go to Washington. <laughs> How much cheese can we bring back? <laughs> Adam says, Josh and Leia, I'm trying to make this a quick one this week. I had the appraisal on my house today to sell. Hopefully it went well. Fingers crossed. I hope so. I should know in a few days from my finance agent, it is super smooth if the appraisals come through because the house I am buying is coming from a teacher who is retiring and the one who is buying my new place is a new teacher and and also one of my former students. Mm -hmm. Wow. Lots of teachers in Mm -hmm. in the real estate market up there as the teachers in Southern California weep. What's really interesting is like, you know, it's pretty quiet through most of the year, but the summer months, they get real cutthroat out there. <laughs> so wilding out with parties. No, because they're all teachers. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got the joke? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I noticed that you no-butted me on the joke mm. instead of guess ending. Oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Somebody did suggest that uh, we take some improv classes. So. I'm already there. Wow. Oh, you don't need the classes. You think the suggestion was for me? I think they were being nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. Okay. I'm never taking those improv classes. <laughs> See, this is, this is the difficulty with Leia. It's very difficult <laughs> to ride the line. It's a balance. <laughs> it's a balance. Don't tell me what to get better at. <laughs> Anyways, I'm getting a small amount of equity out of my place if everything goes well and decided to do something for myself for once and buy a side by side. Some people refer to them as a UTV Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with them. And since Josh likes details, it is a CF a CF Moto Z-Force 800 Trail. I tend to be a Yesu System Fusion person and I want APRS. Side by sides? No, what's it? What was it again? It's a CF Moto Z Force 800 Trail. G Force 800 Trail. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Josh, I was wondering if you had a good weatherproofish solution for this or something close. <laughs> I was hoping for something better than an external antenna I hook my FT5D into when I'm driving. I mean, mm. the entire thing is just a cage you sh you sit in. Did, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That was a mistake. It's a cage you sit in. Sure. Also, that's where you defecate. <laughs> well, if you go fast enough, both problems solve themselves. These things cook, too. Um, okay. So I don't really understand the question, weatherproofing. The weatherproofing really solves itself. Oh, but you're talking about the radio. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I'm like, the antenna's fine. You just throw some coax wraps on, you're good to go. But uh you could I mean this has got <coughs> this has got like a back uh storage area I see. You could easily put your mobile radio in something like a, an ammo crate or something with a rubber seal and put uh waterproof holes in there for you know cabling going in and out. I would caution you that obviously in a in a small space like that, you do need airflow. Radios particularly mobile radios that are going to run higher power, you're going to want something that can get airflow, but you're going to have a head unit and the head unit's probably not water resistant. I don't know about good water resistant options in mobile radios. Hmm. Maybe it's a marine radio. <laughs> no. Those are rugged. That's no, that's bad advice. No, because okay. it's not ham radio. Well, I'll, well, I'll here, here's the other option go cheap. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is actually tough because now, now that I think about it, how do the Jeep guys do it? And I know a lot of the Jeep guys, they'll, they'll mount their stuff higher up mm. to avoid water ingress, but also Jeep. Yes, Jeep can take on water, but they, they try not to. But this is a lot different. This is literally how about a cage? How about an otter box? Yeah, but that's the head unit, the the little mm -hmm. control head. Yeah, that also goes in an otter box. Mm -hmm. How do you control it? Like, what do you? Well, you can't control it when you're driving it anyway. So the heck you don't. Okay. <laughs> well, Adam continues. Also, Leia, I heard your request for a video of the kids in the performance of their parliamentary procedure. Although I would love to provide that, I'm not sure of the legality of it just yet, even though they have all signed photo slash publicity waivers. So He was held in contempt of parliament and thrown <laughs> in the brig. Or the stocks. Let's go with the stocks, because the brig implies a, a ship. So here is a link to a performance at the National FFA Parley Finals from a few years back. And I know that is legal to share as it was broadcasted on national TV at the same time. RFD TV, in case you were wondering. And Adam has provided a link to the YouTube, which I will post to the show notes in case anybody else is interested like me mm. in parliamentary procedure. So I've been slowly Googling this question as we've been talking and uh, there are a couple of water-resistant mobile radio options. They are of the Chinese variety. And they are, the one I'm seeing is a ABM25 waterproof, 25-watt amateur radio, um, dual-band mobile radio. So you're, you're not likely going to get into a Japanese radio. But 
you know, 25 watts is, is generally more than you, you know, is, is enough for mobile. I, I, this is a good, this is a little bit beyond me because I've never really dipped into this whole mobile radio water resistant game. Hmm. All right. I feel like mitigation is your best defense in this case. If you can keep the body away from water, you're likely good. The head unit, if you mount it high enough, like if you mount it on the roof line of the of the roof cage, you're it's probably going to be pretty Saran much out of the it. way. Okay. <laughs> I'm more worried about the connectors in the back. I'm not worried about the screen as much. The the connectors are what worry me. If if you mount it like on the roof line, like on the top, uh-huh. maybe hang your mic from the top along with it. I think you'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. Go that Saran route. wrap it and then waterproof tape. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, go with a go with a mobile radio that has a mic that connects to the head unit. So if you if you consider it that way, put it in a waterproof box. Use a large enough box that you get some amount of airflow. You might want to look into. I don't even know that they, if they have vents, like water resistant venting, it's possible. And then get the head unit up and out of the way as much as possible. It'll help you out, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, hope that helped. Adam signs off. Hope all is well. 73, Adam. WA7CUG. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Thank you so much, Adam. And, you know, try that ghost pepper cheese. Yeah, if Quite you like good. hot stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. The next email is titled Traveling Ham with an HT. And this is from Greg. Hi, Leah and Josh. I have a question about how to best travel as a ham. Okay. I have all my local repeaters and my HT, but if I decide to go on a trip somewhere, I would love to pre-program or manually program as I go. Mm -hmm. And if I want to hit random repeaters, I have to pull it up but pull up a list of them. So my questions are, one, how do I know if a particular repeater is high traffic? And two, what's the best way to plan what repeaters to program in when you travel? Yeah. I have an FT3DR if this changes your suggestions at all. Uh, Only in that you can get more memories loaded onto it. There's a whole, like, deep dive that you can do in in this space. And and there's... (sighs) There's never really enough time to, for me to be on travel that this level of deep dive ever makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But what you can do, and by the way, there's no efficient way of going about this. You can repeater book the location that you're going to, mm-hmm. right? You can use the map, you can the geographic map. You can get all the way into the county that you're going into, and then you will get a depending on where you're going, either a big long list or a, you know, kind of small list of repeaters in the area. Now, if you Google the call sign of those repeaters and broadcastify, it's possible that that is a live streaming repeater. And generally, if a repeater is live streaming on broadcastify, it is occupied, like it's a popular repeater. Usually people that go through that level of effort means that it's it's pretty popular. There are quite a few repeaters in Southern California that are on Broadcastify. That said, most locations you go to are probably not to that level. Mm, so what you do... We're lucky in Southern California. Well, depending on what you like in a repeater. Also, if, uh, if it shows up on Broadcastify, it's likely because there's a lot of, like, uh, salty dogs that show up on the repeater to like scream at each other and stuff. <laughs> so that's another thing we got a lot about in Southern California. 
The, the other thing you can do is just have the programming software loaded on the laptop you're traveling with and bring your programming cable. Now, of course, you can, uh, by the way, the Yesu handles this, you could have like a separate memory bank devoted to the memory channels for the location you're going into. And then you can switch to, this is really good, by the way, for people that go back and forth to one location, right? So if, you, if you're if you a TDYer, oh, yeah. if you're constantly going into Washington, D.C., or you're going up into CPAC or whatever, you can have a channel bank associated with just repeaters in that area. So treat it more like a, an investigation that you're doing. Okay. Right? So when you're at home, there's only so much investigation you can do because you don't have the signals. They're just, you're not there. But what you can do is you can load up that bank with just all the repeaters that are in that area. Just load them all up. Like pick a bank for that radio. Again, the FT3. Did you say three or five? Uh, three. Yeah. So with the FT3, load a bank of memory channels just for that area. Just, just put them all in there. Two meters, 70 centimeters, as much as you can cram into it. And then right to the point where it's convenient, get off the plane, pull out that radio and start scanning frequencies. Just put it into the channel for that location and just start scanning. Anytime it stops and you hear an actual human talking, mm -hmm. write the call sign down. Oh. Write the repeater down so that you know, or the memory channel, so that you know, I'm keeping this one. And it's then you just real keep analog of you keep. Well, I don't know a better way. Well, I know a couple of better ways that I'll get to, but just that's the best way to do it from my experience. And it's also kind of fun. It gives you that whole die hard. You got finished air travel. What do you do? I go make fists with my feet with my socks off. Mm -hmm. It's just like that. It's just yeah, you get off the plane, you get to the hotel room, you get yourself, you know, a bottle of water, whatever you sit down and you, or coffee, if that's what you like, depending on when you're traveling. Sit down, just put the radio in a scan with a little tablet of paper, or your phone or laptop or whatever, and just note the repeaters that actually have people talking. Generally, you can't do this all in one shot. So you're not just going to go like excise all these memory channels. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to be scanning a lot, particularly if you're new in the area. How would you know, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, I'm here now. Come to me, repeaters. Talk to me. Talk to me. It, it doesn't work that way. You're you're kind of on their schedule. You're a you're a stranger in a new land. So you just start scanning around until you start hearing signals, and you just start recording those memory channels, or those repeaters, wherever. Now, the the winning solution is the ID fifty two. Yes, because it just uses your GPS, and you tell it to so. You go, you can load your full memory. You can fill the entire memory card up with repeaters. You just say, I would just give me all the, give me all the repeaters. Give me them. Or most of them, most of them, particularly where you're going. Like you can plot your whole trip and just download all these repeaters. You can say, I want, this is the Southwest chunk mm -hmm. and here's the Northwest chunk and the, the Midwest chunk and all that. And then when you land, you change the memory card option to import the Midwest chunk and then you just hit DR mode, scan in DR mode, and just say, give me near repeaters. And it will scan through all the near repeaters as you move via GPS. So yes. as the radio knows you're moving, it's showing you different repeaters. Very important. Constantly. And if you've got a good antenna. That's like, my favorite radio. Yeah, it, it, For travel, that is the best radio. No question for travel. Unless you are diehard APRS, if you're ride or die APRS, you know, difficulties, I appreciate you may have a, an extra piece of kit. But the software 
integration that ICOM does mm -hmm. with the with the repeater list is is top notch. It's really convenient for traveling. All right. Well, or buy a seven hundred five, and then you can do it that way too. I hope that answers your question, Greg. Josh has suggested you buy a new radio. And the solution to your problem is always buy more radios. <laughs> Let me spend your money. <laughs> Greg signs off seven three K six XSS. Greg. Thank you, Greg, and good luck on your travels. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. The next email is titled Reviews, and this is from B. Murphy. Hi, B. Leia. Murphy. What's going on, B. Murphy? Where do we give a review now that iTunes is gone? I tried asking <laughs> on the Facebook group, but seems everybody interpreted that question a hundred different ways. I know. Oh, uh, I hope you enjoyed the pictures that I posted on your post. What was it? I'll show you later. <laughs> Figure being a listener since day one, I should finally give that official algorithmic boosting review. Thank Let you. me know. Thanks. So, B. Murphy, you go to Apple Podcasts now. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's just a different name. That's yeah. kind of what Apple does. And that's B. Murphy, K5, UDL. Hey, thanks in advance for that review. I I look forward to seeing what it does to the charts. Now that the charts are public. Oh, it was Andrew like Sims. A, it was it was uh, K Booty. K Booty oh. was also uh, completely unrelated. But I also saw your post too, B Murphy. Uh, now now that this information, how like um, Apple is ranking the podcasts, mm -hmm. is out. Mm -hmm. I it's like a sport. <laughs> you know. It's like you're rooting for your team podcast. <laughs> what do you mean? That's how I feel. Like I'm watching sports rankings. And I'm like, oh, there goes that channel. <laughs> they really <laughs> podcasted their hardest. In the yes. Last one. <laughs> we just got to podcast more than the other podcasts when they podcast. Podcast harder. Podcast harder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the next email is titled New Rigs, New Call Sign, and a new, Clarification. New Rig, who dis? <laughs> and this is from Wes, our resident Tandyman. Tandyman. Is that? <laughs> I love it. I, Wes, if this is wrong, you should correct leather, us immediately. Our, our, I mean, it's better than calling him a leather tool, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's probably a name in certain circles. We've got to be really careful what we're drawn in. Wes says, yo, this week is full of cool things happening and it's only Tuesday. So thanks to FEP Labs in the Discord, I have a Shegu X5105 on its way to me. I have been waiting. I have been wanting one and can't wait to use it. Josh, are there any tips and tricks you can let us listeners know about this rig? Do you know if there is a replacement VFO knob for the flush one? I would like to put an actual knob on it. For which radio? For the Shegu X5105. Uh, oh. No, and I almost would argue not to. Why? So that radio, and by the way, that's something that I kind of said like, eh, I'm not really into it, blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what I'm really into. It's sliding into any pack and not hanging up on any of the knobs and potentially damning any damaging any of the definitely not damning anything. definitely not yeah definitely not damning 
the the really nice thing about the X5105 is that it fits into a couple of like manufacturer's hydration pouches. Ooh. Like padded hydration pouches. It'll just slide right into that sucker. Right into the water. Doesn't hang yeah, right in the water. <laughs> doesn't get caught up on any of the knobs or anything like that because the entire radio is flush mount. Oh. All the buttons are flush. Everything's pretty much flush. That's actually what you kind of want in a portable radio because now that I'm mucking around with these mountain toppers, the mountain toppers totally flush mount. Mm. And their competitors all have the rotary encoders, you know, the, the knob sticking up, and you try and shove it in a bag, like really low profile, tiny, tiny kit, won't do it. Won't do it because it's it's got the knob. The knob right. blocks the way. I would say before you get yourself fully bent on swapping it out, try it because I found that you just take the tip of your finger and kind of spin it around. It works fine. It's not that big a deal. All right. I think. I wouldn't mess with that, but that's me. If you disagree, then then I may not be the one to solve your problem because I thought it was just fine and should be left alone. Well, Wes continues, to purchase this radio, I sold my MCHF, mm-hmm. MCHF. Mick HF? Am I saying it wrong? Yeah. No, it's Mick HF. Okay. Well, that's the street name, we call it. And, and I think I'm going to use that money to get a battery and a Yaesu FT70DR. Uh, well, who knows? Mm. Also... Save your money. There's potentially new radios coming soon. This could be a big year at, at Hamvention. Ooh, exciting. I'm, that is with no, no knowledge going in just pure speculation i'm just no insider knowledge i'm feeling what's coming through the air tonight hold on and your wallet is tingling (laughs) hold on i think there's i i think there's something afoot and you could probably all guess the company that may be doing it that's my feeling no insider knowledge all right. Also, my new call sign was assigned, and I am now known as KI5 Wes. Whoop, whoop. Nice. Also, some clarifications. A few weeks ago, I said I couldn't wait to hear the space cadet dropping the hammer on Channel 14. Yes, that was your Josh with your little spaceman walkie-talkies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Channel 14. You're to- Okay, got it. Also, Tandy is a chain of leather stores, usually for hobbyists or people on a tight budget. Some of their things are cheap, but they tend, uh, they used to have a good name. They got a new CEO and they have driven the company into the ground. Oh, sad times. <laughs> Tandyman is a term y'all just created. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got corrected. Literally, I asked and I received in the amazing. same email. It's amazing. Uh, Wes, I literally went you to a clairvoyant. candy store. I went to a store. It reminded me of like Games Workshop for leather. There was a guy, docent, <laughs> if you will, that was just trying to sell you on the leather working That's not lifestyle. That's not a docent. Docent. Okay, fine. A docent's like a volunteer. A sales clerk. <laughs> okay. I laughed when you said it, but there really isn't a term for leather crafter. Recently, Leatherman. I have been hearing the term leathersmith thrown oh. around, and I think that sticks much better than Tandyman. You got it. Wes, our resident leathersmith. A smith, like, literally has connotations of working metal, though. Nothing against leather workers, but... Yeah, now that I'm going to put it in that sense, like leather yeah. worker doesn't fit either. 
but like because that's a, a whole smith, another thing smith is more a term of as a crafter right a smith is a smithy that's a, a blacksmith. blacksmith but there can be other smiths right like what like leathersmiths no because historically <laughs> like a a turner is somebody literally the smith surname follows the job right a blacksmith if you were of that line, and I appreciate there was people that when mercantile society rose up that people were outside their their surname job titles. But Smiths were literally blacksmith. Turners had lathes. Coopers. Okay. Coopers were barrel makers. Okay. Right? There were literal names like a cooper is a barrel maker. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another name for somebody that does horseshoes and I can't remember now. Anyway. A furrier? Yes. A farrier. Farrier. Right. Yeah. And that's also a last name. At least there's mm -hmm. variations of that, right? Um, it's those uh, apiaries you got to watch out for. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. Like, leather's got to have an, like a tanner. It's a tanner. It's a tanner. But I mean, yes, that's tanning and, and stretching of leather. It's got to be yeah. tanner, right? No. I mean, historically, yes. I think historically, yes. What do you call a saddle maker? I think they also have a name. Yeah. Wow. This is this got real complicated, Wes. Thanks for shooting us down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Wes continues, I would like to recommend Don Gonzalez Lost Trade podcast. He interviews Sadler. Yes. Sadler. Yeah. Just had to look that up. And boy, did not disappoint. <laughs> he interviews silversmiths, saddle makers, and much more old-fashioned tradesmen and women. Josh, you mentioned learning how to tan opossums after the apocalypse, and you can learn tips of the trade via this podcast. Wonderful. I'm sure I would just, like, have a go at it. Have a go at tanning an opossum? Yeah, you just need, like, a frame and some sinew, right? Are you, is the O silent in opossum? Am I just supposed to be saying possum? It's just possum. Wow. I mean, out here it is. I don't know about other places. <laughs> what do they call possums where you're from? Roadkill. <laughs> Dinner. <laughs> well, I mean, don't come so hard for West Virginia, okay? No. I don't have an issue with <laughs> like roadkill cuisine. I don't either. Actually. I don't either. Actually, that's the reason why. I mean, depending I on how old it is, I want it to be. I want it to be fresh. Fun. I want yeah, it to be I fresh. want. I actually want, I want to it to be have, fresh caught. I wanted to have hit it myself. <laughs> right, right, right. I would prefer. I would prefer <laughs> to be I farm to table. Yeah, I want to be. Yeah, <laughs> Providence. <laughs> And uh, if you look at the side of my Buick, it's a real Roman Polanski out here. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not right. Roman Polanski is a horrible director. Uh, what am I thinking of? The guy who sprays paint everywhere. Jackson Pollock. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> Roman Polanski is a horrible director yeah. who is... Uh, a pedo. A pedo. Yeah. Wow. Somebody tried to tell me that was a pedo. <laughs> it was well, Sarah. Because, yeah. So again, those are book readers. So remember, it was pedo bear. It yes. was pedo bear. Yes. But in the cultural parlance, it was pedo. It's always been pedo bear. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for all that, Wes. Yeah. Wes signs off. Until next time, duh, Wes. Do you remember when people actually put that sticker on their car? Pedo bear. <laughs> remember the bear? Yes. That fell out of prominence real fast that's <laughs> well when you label something pedo bear <laughs> no it was uh some weird 4chan thing yeah <laughs>
Well, hello, everybody. We're back. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, these pauses we take in between the podcast, lots of things change. It's like, true. For instance, we're both sick now. Just like that. <laughs> I think I might be sicker than you. I think you might be, actually. You you look like you really need a sleep, a good sleep. So let's blow through it. We got a lot more to go through. But let's... uh. Let's get those emails. But it sounds like actually we have a voicemail, right? Yeah, we have two. And we have a physical mail, too, that came in. Physical mail. Physical mail. All right, let's let's cross our fingers and hope this works. Okay. Hi, Leigh and Josh. This is Noah, Kilo Charlie 1, November Whiskey, November in Burlington, Vermont. The real Vermont, Nathan. (laughs) Throw that out there. Oh, my God, Noah has become a person. Um. Just uh, in between jobs at work and uh, wanted to say hi and uh, kind of throw out a semi-t-shirt idea. It's more of a vague one because there was a there was an episode of the podcast, I think it was towards the end of last summer, that had me cracking up. And it was, you were describing a water tower with a bunch of hams operating bow fangs on it. <laughs> And I just saw this silhouette image of it, and I thought that was great. And I can't like get the picture out of my head. I think it's the funniest thing, especially when driving around small towns and seeing a water tower or something like that. Immediately, I think about it. Um, well, I just wanted to say hi and thank you um, for all the joy you both bring to my life every Friday and oh, the lives you. of thank so you. many of us hands out there. And those aspiring to be him. Um, yes, that's it. Uh, 73 from here in Burlington, Vermont. Kilo Charlie 1, November Whiskey November. Have a great weekend, y'all. Well, thank Bye. you, Noah. I got to say, I don't remember the context for the a bunch of hams on a water tower. I'm just imagining them operating from the Animaniacs home. <laughs> Right, the, the Warner Brothers lot, the back lot. It's time for Habibate. Maybe that's what it is, where it's just a water tower busted open with uh, like three hams, sticks jumping out of it, like holding bow fangs in each other. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Hey, Ray and Josh. Noah here again, long-time caller, first-time <laughs> listener. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to know, what's the deal with that other Noah out there that's always spying on us and controlling the weather? <laughs> he sounds like a real tool, and every time I hear about him on, on the podcast, I uh, I just, my, my, my blood starts to boil, and maybe that's his point. Anyway, that's just a little grape for all the other Noahs out there. Um <laughs> that I meant to leave on my last voicemail. But, uh, all right. There you go. Catch you on the podcast. 73. Thank you. And that's a, an acronym. I like... Not a real Noah. I like how Noah is trying to pretend he's not Noah. Oh, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I trying to infiltrate mm-hmm. those that would have him infiltrated. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Noahs are tricksy that way. You have to be very careful. <laughs> Is that the last voicemail? That is the last voicemail. Why don't you give the Thank number you. again just so people have it? Thank you so much, Noah. If that's your real name. <laughs> you're right. You know what? You're right. Because if Noah was going to try to infiltrate that's exactly the podcast, what Noah, would do. Noah would use an alias, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So 
So Noah might be in the clear. I don't know. Us. Trixie Noah. <laughs> Maybe he thought that we would think that. Mm-hmm. And so he went back to using, because you couldn't possibly be Noah saying your name is Noah. I'm saying that's exactly what, a, what Noah yeah. would do. Yeah. So the phone number is 562-334-2389. Yes. Thank you very much, Leah. Well, so we got something from Drew. He says, Leah and Josh. Here's a little something for the shack. Call it my way of saying thanks for everything you both do for the hobby. And yes, Leah, for you as well. Oh, thank you. Since the radio mount only works with FTM 300, 200, and FTM 6000, they are all within your license privileges. So you can use these too. If you'll pardon the gross assumption that Josh has one of these radios. Josh, if you don't have one of these radios, you can either use the desk mount as an excuse to buy one of these radios for the shack, or you can make giveaways of them. I included a hand mic mount as well. Both are hot off the 3D printer. Both are my own design. And wow. that is from Drew, K-O-4-T-W-Q. And uh, I will hand you, this is the, that's the mount Ooh. for the radio. Minimalist, very nice. The radio bottom of it screws into the bottom, and then the hand mic. Um, <gasps> this screws. is such a smart design. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, here you take that so I don't break anything. Else. And this is uh, 3D prints. Drew Sanford email is Koth Kathyrus Kathyrus at gmail.com, which I'll. That's his 3D printed business card. Wow. You put that in an email. But the uh, hand mic holder, I can put that to use immediately because... Oh, is that right? I don't know. Catharius. Catharius. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't have any one of those radios. Fantastic. I don't own any of those radios. <laughs> Thank you so much, Drew, for the 3D printed goodies. But there's the mic holder. The mic just goes clunk in that little slot. And this one's really, really nice. I'm going to put this to use... Um, like immediately, I can I can use this like right out of the gate here. So thank you, Drew. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for it. And we'll figure out what to do. Either I'll go buy one of those radios or we'll get Th- one. Thanks so much, Drew. <laughs> and that's how we'll... And now I'm doing it. I see you didn't uh, secure these back the way I had them secured. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Drew. We love, uh, we love mail mail. Mail mail. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And now on to the mail of the E variety. <laughs> this next email reads, I got to meet a real life Avenger. And this is from Sideboom. Not to bring up an old topic, but I got to meet not the best Avenger, but not the worst Avenger. Wait for the community to respond. Pick below of the Avenger. It's okay. a red car. Is that Joe Redcock? <laughs> that is a Dodge Avenger. That's a, that's a Red Avenger. Thank you so much, Side Boom. And I, I bet he got down. So yeah. That's <laughs> the next email is titled HRCC Hat and Radio Exposure. Mm. And this is from Alex. Hey, y'all. In response to last week's podcast, I figured I'd write in on my recent experience talking about radio. Okay. One, I was wearing the HRCC beanie, which I love. Well, thank you for getting one of those. While checking out at Home Depot and the cashier asked, what the herc was? (laughs) What herc? (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I might be loopy. I apologize. Uh, yes, I think a little bit. <laughs> I asked her what? She said, your hat, HRCC. What the hurt? <laughs> I told her it was a podcast about ham radio and she lit up. She no way. She said she remembers her great uncle had a ham radio and when he'd leave for work, she would turn it on and listen to people talk. Whoa, that's cool. She was surprised it's still around <laughs> and that there's a podcast on it. <laughs> it's really come a long way. <laughs> We spoke for a minute about how it's changed and people hook computers and stuff to them now. But I had to go. I'm sure everyone in the line at Home Depot didn't want to wait for me to tell her all about it. Mm -hmm, probably right. Two, the second instance was out doing a poda. I hiked up about a mile and off the main trail down a smaller trail. I sat up just sitting on a mat in the snow and was calling CQ Poda when an older lady walks down the trail and said, oh, I heard someone. So I wanted to see what you were up to. What are you up to? I told her I was using amateur radio and she asked, is that kind of like ham? I oh. explained, yes, one and the same. And she disagreed. She <laughs> Good job. Here we go. Ham <laughs> radio apparently is not amateur radio. Well, I'm I'm waiting for <laughs> a potential lecture I'm I'm sensing. She explained that the hams she knows are older and sit inside with giant boxes and oh, massive antennas. Uh -huh. And I must be using the short range stuff. Wow. Just a little uppity. Why is everybody always questioning the length? That's... It, it always strikes me as wild when someone who has very little knowledge about something gets, like, indignant over something, you know? Yeah. It, it's wild to me. Wild, I tell you. I explained there are loads of facets at my setup, Shegu G1M, with the stealth nano dipole craftsman drill battery, was reaching California and Arizona. This is just for context. Alex is in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was quite impressed and said she wanted to tell the older gentleman she knows that they could go outside and do radio. She sat and watched slash listened a few minutes and then continued on her ski. Ski? <laughs> it's, it's snow. <laughs> what, what now? <laughs> I, I don't Did know. she get in your tent? <laughs> he, he was on a trail. Yeah? Yeah. Just... It said that she walked down. But maybe she skied down. Maybe she was carrying the skis. Maybe. And she gave a tally-ho as she headed off. <laughs> I assume come summer, I'll start running into more and more people and terrorists. Uh, oops, I mean tourists. So I look forward to getting to talk to them about radio. I just figured I'd share and thank you for the gear 
slash hamtactical you make and the time y'all put into this podcast and hobby. Attached is a pic of my whole setup where I just sit on the mat in the snow and operate all fits in my backpack I use as a table to keep my stuff out of the snow. Mm, okay. Minus the nano stealth dipole strung up over my head. That's everything. My view of Alaska, largest city. Yes, there's a city here in the picture along the edge of the water Mm -hmm. and the inlet shimmering way off in the distance. Thanks again, Alex from Alaska. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. And I'll drop these pictures in the HRCC podcast channel. Mm -hmm. The next email is titled Arden Ham Radio, Internet of Things, Oh My. Okay. And this is from Don, the RF field tech. All right. I had to clarify that because we have quite the Don army. Yeah, there is a Don yes. army. There is. Good Thursday, Ham fam. As I have studied Internet of Things at work and listened to Ham Radio 2.0 talk about Arden Networks, I began to wonder if it would be possible to set up your quote-unquote smart home on a closed Ham Radio network. Since we are adjacent to the Wi-Fi frequencies, I think it might be possible to reprogram your smart devices to be controlled by your radios. What are your thoughts? Also, the story of Hey Man... Oh, let me just have you finish that one. What? Might it be possible to reprogram your smart devices to be controlled by your radios? What are your thoughts? Uh, probably, but you'd have to have some kind of software middleware that was connected to something that would broker the transfer from frequencies up and down. So if you were just like had your HT and you wanted to send DTMF tones from your HT to something to receive it, like a, I don't know, an MMD, uh, a Pi Star type thing or a hotspot type thing that then also connected to Arden or connected to your local network, which then transferred the information. It seems like a lot of software <coughs> with sure. some middleware interfacing and some hardware that likely has to get into the loop to be able to do it. Because you're not necessarily going to talk native frequencies. Right. So you're going to have to transfer that down. I could be totally wrong. I am just whiteboarding this in my brain um, as we talk. As it were, though, there is no reason why you couldn't build a piece of software that you ran on your Arden node that could connect to other devices that were on the Arden network that you could send commands to. Those could be for your smart home. But, and here's the but, because I don't know enough about smart homes. I don't know how much of all that smart home stuff is like open source so that you can just make commands willy-nilly and send them to the devices over Wi-Fi or over whatever. Um, That is a much bigger question than I'm not prepared to answer. That's a, that's a, Hampton Radio Crash Course Discord question for sure. That one's a... Okay. That's fairly niche. All right. Well, Dawn continues. The story of Haman can be found in the book of Esther. Essentially, he hated the Hebrews because one refused to bow down to him and he wanted to wipe them all out. Esther having become the queen, outed him since he was authorized to eradicate all Hebrews to include the queen and had the king allow him to defend himself. And Haman was hung from the very gallows he created for Mordecai. I I believe it's pronounced like Haman. 
Hey, Ben. Instead of, hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Why don't you stop this? You're going a little hard, hey, man. Hey, Ben. Got it. Like or, Spiderman. Like, yeah. There you go. You got it. Yeah. Okay. My bad. <laughs> hey, man. You need to. You're just just so not vibing. You know, my, <laughs> my vision is a little bit blurry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got a lot going on right now. I appreciate what you're working through right now. So shut up. <laughs> hey man, why don't you shut up? <laughs> hey Evan. <laughs> Finally, did you hear about the FAA questioning the C band cellular turnup? This is because it is at 3.5 to 3.8 gigahertz, and the landing software in aircraft is a 4.2 to 4.4 gigahertz. The FF FAA. <laughs> is nervous that the C-band cellular will interfere with flight operations. I have heard this, yeah. I personally do not think it will because the radios will be transmitting at such low power, one to five watts max, but probably less, because they are being designed to only cover about one to two blocks. I'm not worried about this. Unless somebody's like doing something with their phone on the airplane, right? Right. But even then, if the phone doesn't have any connection to a cell tower, it's not likely going to be able to do anything. Okay. Just squawk out occasionally, but it's like, it's not. I do always appreciate the uh, RF uh, expertise. It's really interesting. Uh, Who's got, there's some people who have some ham radio related discussions. Um yeah, I believe it was Rhea on some kind of live stream, maybe one she did, where she was talking about the the phone, the C-band phones, and some of the stuff that was going on there with the FAA. Pretty interesting. Anyway, yeah. Excellent. Well, Don signs off 73, Don, the RF Field Tech, KE5ADX. Right on. Thank you, Don. And the next email is titled, Not So Much Radio. <laughs> this sounds like a review. okay yeah yeah i'm just kidding (laughs) and this is from jeff dear leia and josh thanks for the wonderful podcast and the enjoyment that it provides i've been listening for just over a year now and have learned a great deal not only about ham radio but also life in general although i still laugh at some of the pronunciations of english Mm Sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm afraid there won't be much about ham radio in this email as the main topic has caused me to have to put on hold buying further kit. Uh Uh-oh. My youngest Grace has been lucky enough to be selected to represent as part of the UK contingent at the World Scout Jamboree in Korea next year. Whoa. I think we've heard from uh, Jeff about this before, right? Mm, Maybe. Think so? Yeah. We were very, very excited for for Grace's Korean adventure. And the need for them to fundraise nearly 4,000 to each to be able to attend means much of the funds I was going to direct to a radio kit will not now happen. Wow. Unfortunately, a lot of the fundraising opportunities that would normally be used have disappeared with COVID, and many of the businesses and charities we would normally tap are not in a position to make donations. Oh, that is sad. Mm -hmm. 
As part of their fundraising, they have designed a cloth badge that they are selling to help towards their fundraising. They did some research about Korea and found that 2013 Uh, 2023 coincides with the 70th anniversary of the Korean War. So they decided that the badge they designed would commemorate this. I hope that you would be able to mention this on the podcast, as I know there are many listeners with a connection to scouting and potentially uh, to any Korean vets. If anyone is interested in helping their fundraising, they are selling them at uh, two and a half pounds plus postage. Postage at the moment looks to be around $2 to the US. If anyone is interested in the badges that are embroidered at approximately seven centimeters in diameter, they can email me on scouts at barden, that's B-A-R-D-E-N dot O-R-G dot U-K for further details. That's fantastic. I will definitely be buying a cloth badge from you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, And it looks like is there a picture of the badge? Ooh, it's very nice. We'll post it in the uh, Discord podcast chat so you guys can check it out. Yeah, and it says, lest we forget 70 years end of Korean War, the war people forgot. That's true. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll post, like Josh said, mm-hmm. in the podcast channel, and I'll drop um, Jeff's email in the show notes. Okay. And... Yeah, go go support Grace because World Scout Jamboree. Yeah, that should be cool. I'm really curious how that all goes with. Like, I wonder what the radio aspect is like. It's got to be something. Sure. I'm really curious. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine scouting to be pretty big in Korea. Mm Hmm. Yep, I can see that. Big uh, military culture Mm -hmm. in Korea. Yep. To bring radio back to the email, I am hoping that we will be able to make contact with the Jamboree next summer using radios, as they usually book up a radio shack as part of the Jamboree. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's got to be a lot of fun. That's super cool. Jeff signs off. Thanks for mentioning this. Regards, Jeff M7 GEF. Thanks so much, Jeff. And uh, hopefully you hit that target so that Grace can make her way to the Korean Jamboree. Yes, indeed. The next email is from volunteer podcast co-producer Rob. All right. Titled Satellite Communicator. Okay. Hey, Leia and Josh. I thought of you guys yesterday when I walked towards my house and saw some wasps beginning a nest above the front door. Yep. (laughs) They are no longer with us. That foaming wasp spray is awesome. Gave it the spray spray. The spreading spray, right? Yeah, it's like a expanding foam, but for wasps. All right. I have some prepper friends that I have been urging to get license. Mm-hmm. One got his license this fall, and his daughter, who lives 350 miles away in Dallas, will take her exam soon. They want to be able to communicate with each other if the poop hits the spinning blades and there is no internet. Mm-hmm. They have Balfags for local communications, but I don't think they will go beyond a tech license. They have been talking about a bivy stick, but that would require a phone to do anything more than send us an I'm okay message. What do you think about the Garmin InReach, either the Mini or the Explorer? They're great. It costs more up front, but it's a standalone unit with a long 
battery life, especially the larger Explorer. Do you have a favorite satellite communicator? No, I don't because I don't really dip into those, although the inReach and by I say they're great, that makes you think that I'm saying that because I have firsthand experience. I don't, which I should be really clear with that. I have seen many reviews talking about this. There's a lot of through hikers that go on the PCT that use the Garmin inReach mini generally because they're trying to run small, you know, they're trying to uh-huh. have a low footprint. Some of them now will actually interface with your phone for sending simple messages. Um, a lot of them are just like, hey, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, more advanced ones, you can send a little bit more robust data. Um, I have been talking with Mike Glover, who's been getting into satellite phones. Sat phones are a thing. Sat phone. The interesting thing of the sat phone is they're pretty expensive. They're still pretty expensive to get. And the plan is pretty expensive. Uh-huh. You've got minutes, but check this out. And you have to be sitting down when you use it. So it's like not very mobile. <laughs> What do you mean? Sat phone. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, but like the early 2000s, the sat phones feature something we have not seen in many a year's rollover minutes. <gasps> I cannot wait until there is a race to unlimited minutes. <laughs> Yeah, there is a, uh, there, I think it's Inmarsat, or um, I think it's Inmarsat. Anyway, there's a couple of competitors in the satellite phone game, and they have pretty competitive rates. Um, they're not cheap. It definitely reminds me of cell phones in the early, the early aughts, if you will. So just keep that in mind. The advantage with cell phones is, or uh, satellite, satellite phones, is that you just need to be outside, really, or have a clear uh-huh. shot of the sky. And they're very effective. Now, if your favorite uh, SHTF idea or, or whatever you're preparing for is an EMP, then sat phones might not work for you. <laughs> um, so that could be its own problem. So to keep that in mind, um, yeah, depends on what you're what you're prepping for. All right. Well, Rob continues, by the way. Mm-hmm. We have a stubborn dog named Harley that's not the brightest animal I've ever known. He was in the way recently. I tried to get him to move, and he just looked at me with a stupid glare. I was running out of time and patience, so I called him Toby. He responded immediately. <laughs> Maybe you were on to something. <laughs> well, that's funny because our Toby didn't respond to his name at all. Maybe you should have called him Harley. Maybe. <laughs> Have fun tonight, Rob K5DCQ. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much, Rob. And it sounds like your dog got a new name. So congratulations on that. Mm -hmm. Or just when you're mad. It's like the... It's like Harley Toby. Toby Harley. (laughs) That's the first name. Harley's just like, you know, goes by Harley. That's the nickname. But the real... The the name that's on the dog's driver's license is Toby. Wow. He made it legal. Yeah. And then, on his for, actually and his, the for, dog, his forklift. And the dog can drive. Right. And now forklift. operate a fork it's a, a fork- certified forklift operator. The dog is a forklift operator. Wow. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really really moving those cases of bones, right? Just. That's right. <laughs> the next email is titled Twenty Five Days and Counting from Junior Volunteer Podcast Co producer Jake. Okay. Dear Leah and Josh. Josh, were you able to fix the button on your radio? No, it's I didn't mess with it yet. 
What's wrong with the button on your radio? Uh, one of my favorite little radio has a little button on the side for the lamp, you know, the little backlight. Yeah. Uh, during a, the last video I did, it, I was putting it in its egg bag and it just sheared off. I don't know how. It just sheared off. Maybe you should stop talking crap about lamps so much and you wouldn't have bad lamp karma. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, that likely will not be fixed by me in the sense that like I can attach it back. I'll probably just have to replace the rubber membrane things that go into the buttons. All That's right. likely what I'm going to have to do. As you know, the FCC has added a $35 licensing fee. So, Leia, you only have 25 to 26 days, depending on when you read this, to get your general if you don't want to give more money to the government. If it were me, I would pay the FCC in Baofangs. So that's something else that happened between the two days of this uh, recording of the podcast. We literally found out yesterday or the or towards the end of yes, uh, the day before that they decided it's uh, April... 13th, 14th, somewhere around there, mid-Aprilish time, that the $35 fee goes in for amateur radio, turns on. So you now have to pay $35 to get your license. Wow. For all of you that have been waiting to get your GMRS license, the GMRS license is going from $75 to $35. Wow. And GMRS licenses are good for your whole family. Good no test. Yeah. No test. Excellent. But not, not as many cool features as ham radio. Anyways, as Nathan has pointed out in many of his past emails, you only have 66 weeks left on the current question pool. So, Leia, I formally challenge you $100 to any charity of your choice, so long as you pass your general before the question pool changes. Wow. Leia, I know you can do it. I 100% believe in you. Best of luck with your three questions. (laughs) Best of luck. My three questions. Remember the, if you get them right. I'm not doing that today, right? I told Leia that she does not have to do that today because she is actually very sick. She's hanging on barely by a thread here, guys. <laughs> Still trying to be funny and engaging. And boy, um, neither it's are one of us. It's going great. It's going great. We're doing fantastic. <laughs> uh, neither one of us feel 100% at all, but I would say she is the the worst off of all of us. So that's why she's reading all the emails. Yes. <laughs> really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jake, challenge accepted. Okay. And uh, you you know how to motivate me. Money to charity. That's a... You found it. We found it, guys. <laughs> Seriously. There it is. Hey, carbon fire, <laughs> a volunteer fire department. <laughs> okay. Jake is about to get you some money. <laughs> All right. Jake signs off. 73s to both of you. Your volunteer... Uh, your junior volunteer podcast co-producer correspondent jake ko4juz all right and now it's time it's the final email here we go this final email comes from volunteer podcast co-producer nathan and it's titled did you say april 19th I'm sensing a theme here. Mm. (laughs) Hello, my friends, Josh, Leia, and listeners. Guess what? The FCC wants your money. Renew, $35. Upgrade to a higher license, $35. GMRS, $35. Well, at least that is an improvement. April, April, April 19th. There it is. Will people rush? 
to upgrade or get their first license? Maybe. Will Leia? Will we see what a deadline can do? Probably not. Nathan said that, not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the benefits are for the GMRS license fee. I think I'll shall get one shortly after April 19th. Why not? Mm-hmm. Josh, what are the benefits of GMRS and who would it best be used by? Uh, the benefits of GMRS is it's a UHF channelized radio that can go up to 50 watts. So you can have a 50 watt mobile type radio to use for GMRS. There are GMRS repeaters. And uh, when you buy your license, you're paying for your whole family. That includes like mothers and fathers too, believe it or not. It's very convenient. Um, At the same time, it suffers from the same downsides that UHF suffers from. Good in lots of situations, urban environments, um, heavy coverage of foliage and whatnot works really well. I recommend a lot of people that go off-roading to potentially pick up GMRS and forgo the CB radio stuff. I think that's a much better way to go. They are programmable in the sense that you can have repeaters, which repeaters are generally going to be on one of the channels, plus have a PL tone of some kind. So some of the radios are a little bit more full-featured than others, and some of them are just brain-dead simple. You flip the dial around, uh, find what you want to talk to, and there you go. You set a PL tone in the menu system, and then as long as you're on that channel, it's just going to use that PL tone. Very straightforward. I I generally think it's a a good thing to have. It it does feel like an intermediary step between FRS and ham radio. What I've found, and uh, I am making a video on this. I already have some videos collected. What I have found is that most of the repeaters we have out here are gnarly. Gnarly? Yeah, they're like pretty wild. Like more wild than the outlaw repeaters that are out here in Southern California. Like really, really super racist comments, uh, really off-color jokes and stuff like that. On the repeaters, I haven't heard so much of that when people are just talking on channel. And I have stumbled into people's conversations that are talking on GMRS radios. So it is a thing. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm of two minds on the whole thing, if you will. I'm assuming that everybody's geographic location is going to be slightly different. Out here, there are a ton of repeaters, so you can just get off of a bad one and onto a good one if it starts going, you know, the wrong way on you and, you know, work with it that way. There are, there are GMRS nets out here, actually. Wow. Yeah. Uh-oh. <sighs> Excuse me. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Leia, you are now flying through the questions. Good job. Now you just need to answer them correctly. That's the catch it. catch 22. The more questions you answer correctly, the less you get through. <laughs> this will actually be a short email. I was playing cards with my grandma, and this is what you get this week. 7-3-K-1-M-A-Z, Nathan. And here come the quotes. Mm-hmm. When the going gets weird... The weird turn pro, Hunter S. Thompson. Okay. Always be a first-rate version of yourself instead of a second-rate version of somebody else. I Judy like that. Judy Garland. That's a, that's a very good quote. I am weird. You are weird. Everyone in this world is weird. One day, two people come together in mutual weirdness and fall in love. Dr. Seuss. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's cute. I'm not superstitious. I am just a little stitious. Michael Scott. <laughs> also very good. 
I love deadlines, like the whooshing sound they make as they fly by. Douglas Adams. 66 weeks and two days. You know what? There are 462 questions in the general question test pool. So it's 462 divided by 66 weeks equals learning exactly one question a day. But if you learn two questions a day, you can do it in half the time. Ask yourself, is it possible for you to learn two questions a day? Sounds like a reasonable plan. Three weeks and five days. The fee. <laughs> That's not for Leia. That wouldn't do two two questions a day. She would have to do like a couple of practice tests. Then she'd be done quick, though. I just don't see you sitting down and like doing, okay, two questions, learn them. Yeah. I mean, what's what's the point of taking the time out if you're not going to commit? Right. Like you're going to do more than that. There's yeah. no way I see you doing it like all of your butts. Well, thank you so much for your email, <laughs> Nathan. Much appreciated. All right. You made it. You made it through the email. Good it. job. Okay. I guess I will. It's okay. No. No, it's okay. I'm going to do it. You're literally sick, man. Yeah. Yeah, I am. It's okay. I also don't want to be up late. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really going to do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Hit the button. I'm going to do ham study, though, if if I don't need to complete tests and I just need to hit three questions, right? I'm just going to use ham study. Okay. Because before it was we wanted test results. Now there's another metric and it's just three questions, right? Okay. Okay. Oh, boy. This is a bad idea. Yeah. Which of the following frequencies is within the general class portion of the 15 meter band? Okay. A, a 142.50 kilohertz. B, 18155 kilohertz. C, 21300 kilohertz. D, 14900 kilohertz. Mm. I don't know. 213. No. Yeah. 213. Wait, oh, zero. sorry. I didn't hear you. Okay. Kilohertz. Ha. Got it right. Ha. Take that. Ha. Uh, what portion of the 10-meter band is available for repeater use? A, the entire band. B, the portion between 28.1 megahertz and 28.2 megahertz. C, the portion between 28.3 megahertz and 28.5 megahertz. Or D, the portion above 29.5 megahertz. Seems like the mm -hmm. whole band wouldn't be. This is available. for ten meter, ten meters, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I I don't know the portion above twenty nine point five. Mm. <laughs> I got it right. What? <laughs> it's Wait, the what portion the above twenty nine point five megahertz. What's the question? What portion of the 10 meter band is available for repeater use? Oh, repeater use. use. I heard that totally wrong. Yeah, it's the highest side. It's I the highest it. side. You got it. Wow. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be my last question, no matter what. Yeah, I don't I, care. I don't I, care I'm, I'm fine with this. 
I am just committed to this actually having test questions because it is the ham radio. The commitment to the process is is admirable. What is required to conduct communications with a digital station operating under automatic control? You know this! Outside the automatic control segments. Oh, wait, maybe not. <laughs> the automatic control band segments. A, the station initiating the contact must be under local or remote control. B, the interrogating transmission must be made by another automatically controlled station. <laughs> C, no third party traffic may be transmitted. D, the control operator of the interrogating station must hold an amateur extra class license. A, the station initiating the contact must be under local or remote control. You got it. I did it. I earned it. I earned it. You got it. it. You, you, you weren't, you stuck to it. You did it and you got three in a row. That was fantastic. That's still one of my favorite questions though. Just two Furbies (laughs) screaming at each other on the radio. (laughs) They're both under automatic control. I'm sending a fax. No, I'm I'm sending sending a fax. fax. It's horrible. (laughs) Ooh. Oh. Remember Furbies? Yeah, I had one. It made fax sounds. That's not a good Furby. What if it was actually SSTV sounds? <laughs> I mean, it's you could do that. It's possible. It's possible. All right. Well, I also don't feel good. And I don't know exactly what this weekend is going to hold for various reasons. We have a lot going on this weekend. Yeah. At least as of right now, we do. We'll see how we wake up tomorrow, how we're feeling. So I'm going to try and encapsulate some of what we're going to talk about on the live stream on Saturday. Um, What I may not cover or what we may not have the time to cover or the wheels may come off the stream completely and um, it just may not work as we start mucking around with these antennas. Yeah. I have had these t- <laughs> telescopic, let me let me start over again. I did a video on two meter telescopic antennas and it was uh, quite popular. And then I did a video on just, you know, testing random HTs and stuff like that. And I always, always have been fascinated with telescopic hf antennas okay right two meter telescopic antennas make a lot of sense it's just a a, it's a bit of a coil of a wire and a telescopic whip and they do pretty good a whip yeah they do pretty good when you start looking at telescopic hf antennas particularly what I'm talking about, which is like these ultra portable things. They're like literally sticks that you kind of screw the pieces together and then elongate the whip. You're dealing with many, many, many coils all up in this thing. Uh That creates a high Q environment, which we've talked about before. High Q, particularly as you go to lower frequency, lower megahertz, more coils, because the wire is longer, right? Mm-hmm. So if you were doing a 20-meter vertical antenna, call it 15 feet or so of wire. Well, 15 feet just vertically hanging in the air. You can do that. I have plenty of antennas like that. But if I want a cute little stick that I can throw in a backpack. Cute stick. And have a telescopic stinger on the tip, as it's called, then I'm going to have to take some of that 14 feet and reduce it down into a wire coil. Right. And there are many brands that do this. In fact, I'm going to pull up the the brand name so or the model so you get an idea of it. 
But when you start going into things like 40 meters and 80 meters and even 160, yeah, there's a there's an antenna that does 160. Then you're talking about tons and tons of wire that get packed into these coils. Okay. Now, so there are the there are a couple of pocketable telescopic antennas that like MFJ mix. They've got a 20 meter an MFJ 1820T. They have a 40 meter. It's an 1840T, oddly enough. And those are just monoband telescopic antennas with a large chunk of coil at the bottom. It has a BNC connector at the base of it, so you can connect it to like a QRP radio or some kind of tripod mount that takes BNC. Now, MFJ also makes an antenna that I bought when I was first getting started in HF, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. And what it was is a whip stinger, so telescopic whip stinger that you could unscrew. So What it, makes something a stinger? It, a whip and a stinger is often like a, an, an interchangeable name. The tip comes off the telescopic antenna, and then there was this gray, dark gray coil, like heat shrink wrapped coil. And every couple of inches, and it got, you know, longer and longer as it went down the down the length of the coil, there were these little copper tap points, little holes. And it came with a wire. And the wire was basically allowed you to jump any of the coils, short them out as it as it were. And you could use this to add or remove coils of wire from the active length of the antenna. With this tap system, you were able to get 10 meters through 80 meters of wire onto this antenna for use in a QRP situation. Lots of people have followed suit since then. There is the Comet HFJ350M, which is often called the toy box antenna. That one will go, um, I believe it is, it will go six meters through 3.5. No, it has a it has a 160 meter coil. Um, the toy box version of this will go 50 meters to 160 meters. Six meters, sorry, six meters through 160 meters, which is like all the HF bands, everything. And six meters is sometimes not considered HF, but regardless. Now you might be thinking to yourself, "Wow, that sounds like a that sounds like a really good deal." The problem is, is that these antennas are highly dubious in their effectivity. Some people say they, they work. No one claims that they work well. Huh. They just say they'll work. You can make contacts with them. It is an antenna. It is an antenna. <laughs> extremely, extremely. Verified it is an right, antenna. Right. Extremely compromised antenna. In the case of the toy box, particularly when you get down to like 160, it's only going to have a very, very tiny resonance spot. That And resonance is the wrong word. It's only going to have a very tiny spot where it will match appropriately to your radio. Okay. Now, these are interesting, though, because if you're like, hey, I'm just going to go backpacking and I'm going to connect this up to my, my radio and I'm just going to see if I can make some contacts. Or if you're doing something like a soda activation or a parks on the air, I know there are some people that don't want to do sit down and do 100, 100 contacts in 30 minutes. They really just want to get like 10 contacts and then kind of be done with it. And sometimes these antennas will work for that. They are sometimes a good backup antenna or a grab-and-go bag antenna, but in no means are they a good antenna. 
Now, the last one I'll mention just because um, just because I've got to is the Elecraft AX1. Elecraft came out with the AX1 a couple of years ago, and it is a coil matched telescopic antenna that out of the box, it's, it's actually really cool looking and it uses this like plexiglass tube thing. Out of the box, it'll do 20 meters, 15 meters, and 17 meters. And there's actually a little switch that you throw and that's what puts it from 20 meters into 15 meters. And then you use the tuner to get you 17. Now, the thing to remember about this one is that um, you actually use the Elecraft tuner that's built into the KX3, the KX2, or even the KX1, or uh, you use the T1 tuner. And that's what kind of gets the antenna the rest of the way there. This antenna has a weird sweet spot in my heart uh, because it is the antenna that I set up in a hotel room in Prescott, Arizona, and used it to make a single sideband call to Japan which was just wild for me. <laughs> I'm not convinced that they weren't using a software-defined radio of some kind to be able to hear me. That's totally possible. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, I, I, don't see a, I don't see a downside to this. What is the downside, Josh? What is, what is the major problem with this? Well, the thing that these antennas don't do a good job at, and I think they don't, they don't do a good job at this because it's actually kind of a very fidgety topic and i don't know that any human being has figured out a good way of describing it so that's why i'm going to try and do a live stream on it in one hour wow. uh, on saturday the vertical with the coil is half of your antenna as we've talked about a vertical is generally a quarter wave on the hf bands not all of them but generally that's what you're looking at and you're and you're probably most definitely looking at that when you talk about these telescopic antennas What's not included in any of these kits, and it's probably done that way for a reason, is a radial system. You generally need to make your own radial when it comes to these antennas. I, I will take a step back and correct myself and say that uh, the Elecraft does come with a radial system. The um, standard AX1 comes with a bit of radial for the 2015 or 2017 2017-15. And if you get the 40-meter add-on coil, you get an even longer radial to do 40 meters. Okay. Now, this is the part of these antennas that people don't do right. And as bad as these antennas are, we hams make them worse by not understanding that the other half of the antenna is needed. Now... There are multiple websites you can go to that talk about these antennas, and there are a ton of videos online that talk about it too. And everybody kind of has a different approach to this. I have definitely seen a couple of videos that I was like, well, it's a really ingenious approach to be able to make this work. I've seen other ones where I'm like, I can't believe that did anything. How did this work? <laughs> but they're definitely out there. And there are a lot of blog posts too that kind of gloss over this whole thing. Now, what, what, again, makes this even more difficult is things like the, um, the 1899, which is the MFJ that we started talking about this, this multi-tapped vertical antenna. What makes this confusing for some folks is that the ones that do have instructions, like the 1899T, I believe it's uh, what's its last letter is, comes with instructions, but they are wrong. They're actually not going to help you get the antenna into tune. 
So if you follow the instructions, it won't work, which is oh. kind of wacky. At least it might not work. Maybe it works in M, you know, the ground composition where the MSJ factory is or wherever they did the document. Maybe it works there. But your ground composition is likely going to be different. Your mileage will vary significantly. So it's incredibly difficult to be like, nope, yep, this is, solves my problem all right here. We're good to go. Instead, what a lot of people do, actually what most people do if they want to get a good result out of the out of these multi-tapped antennas, is they will pack along an antenna analyzer. So what started out as a, you know, 70 to $120 multi-tap antenna should be fairly cheap to get started, blah, blah, blah. You're now looking at antenna analyzers, building radial systems, tripod mounts, or little bipod attachments that you can put on the side of the antenna to hold it vertically while it's connected to your radio, etc., etc. So it starts to build up a lot of kit when you start looking at these antennas. But the way you generally go about this, and, and this is what I've found works pretty well, is you have to tune your radials to go along with the vertical. And now you're playing the delicate game of do I lengthen the antenna or do I lengthen the radials? So what you can do, and what I've found works pretty well, is you go get yourself a terminal connector for automobiles that is the right inner diameter for the SO239 socket that you are going to put some of these antennas, like the Comet HFJ350. If you are using a BNC connector, then you may have to go about this a different way. I have a tripod mount that is from Elecraft for the AX1 that has a little tiny knurled screw for ground for your radial system. Now with that, I'll connect a um, like an open U spade connector, again an automotive connector, and put one or more radial bundles together. Now what I found works pretty well, if you make two to three bundles of four counterpoise or radial wires, radial wires is the right term, and you individually put them on, um, say, wire winders, small wire winders. What that allows you to do is get a rough idea of how long um, that radial wire needs to be as you roll it out. What I did when I was testing my vertical with the, the telescopic verticals, I set up the telescopic vertical and I would measure out a length of wire for what I thought that radial length needed to be, which is generally a quarter wave, right? It's the other half of the vertical antenna, so a quarter wave. Get four wires, quarter wave long for the lowest band you want, and then put them on the wire winder. And then go to the next band, so tap your MFJ, for instance, or your Comet, or whatever it is. Tap it out to the next highest band you're going to, and adjust the wire using the wire winder, the radial wires, to shorten them up. And then take a Sharpie or a paint marker or a zip tie or something and mark roughly where the radials are for that given band. That's what the Buddy Stick does. And believe it or not, the Buddy Stick Pro is a coil vertical antenna. It's just a lot bigger. It doesn't depend on as much coil wraps as these small little telescopic jobbers do. When you have that done, hopefully you do this outside, away from electronics and all that stuff, then being able to do the, use these in the field becomes much easier. 
The downside is that you never really free yourself of the antenna analyzer unless you have a radio that has one built in, like a uh, Shagu G90 or the ICOM 705, but the 705 is, you know, not nearly the same as having an antenna analyzer in your pocket, like a rig expert stick or something along those lines. Now, I have done um, a couple of different experiments in this space of radio wires because this is the real trick. You don't antennas. say. Yes. <laughs> One of the things I did, which I've had fairly good results with, is um, taking a chalk line. Do you know what a chalk line is? Isn't it a string that has it's chalk a on it and then you snap it? And then you snap it, yeah. Well, you can buy them uh, before the chalk goes in to them. And so I bought a chalk line and I removed the line. Why would you want to do that? Well, I replaced it with wire. Okay. I replaced it with wire and uh, then I used a Sharpie pen to color off and demark where the bands were for that radial connected to the antenna I was running. So that allowed me a pretty effective way to just be able to reel out a length of wire, reel it back in, and you know get back on the road doing what I'm doing. There's somebody else, uh, a couple of people actually, a video I saw online of some guy who uses a tape measure. Huh. So he's soldered a little mount point on an end of a tape measure, and then he literally just uses the tape measure to measure out the length of radial that he thinks he needs. Nice. And, you know, paints a little bit of paint, nail polish, whatever, on the on the tape measure. Now, that's just one tape measure. You likely need a lot of radials to make these even remotely effective. And so that's what I'll be testing on the live stream, uh, hopefully this Saturday. So if you're watching this way after the fact that it's recorded, hopefully this gives you some ideas on what you can do with vertical antennas like this. I would argue, and, and a lot of hams fall into this trap, that they see these things and they're like, boy, that's a really cool antenna. I would be able to carry that with me wherever, set it up wherever I want, and I'll just make all kinds of contacts. The reality is, is that it's not really true, and they're not really that good. And if you do want it to work as effectively as possible, you do have to put a lot of homework in and a lot of your time to make it function. So I mention this because people ask the question a lot. They're popular because they're kind of mysterious. People don't know how to get them to work. A lot of people think that they're just dummy loads, which is not true, but they're also not very good either. Because hams love a challenge. It's because hams love a challenge. They think it's it's just a misunderstood antenna. I can I fix it. I could get it to work. I could fix it. I can make it work better. Yeah, and, and it's true. You can. You really can. But at some point, you're going to start asking yourself, what's my time worth? Is it is it that much more of a big deal to go get a Buddy Stick Pro, which is, yeah, it's bigger. The coil is definitely bigger, and uh, it has a tripod of its own and all that stuff. But you get a much better antenna when you go with something like a Buddy Stick Pro. Uh, so things to remember, or a Wolf River coil, things to keep in mind as, as you're thinking about um, potentially getting one of these antennas, which I would caution you don't. Um, the, the, person, the person that I could see as using these most effectively is someone who's going to do Morse code. And if you want to see someone use these effectively, particularly the AX1 by Elecraft, go look up Thomas Witherspoon's channel. K4SWL. He just did a video running his AX1 into an Elecraft T1 tuner into a three-band mountain topper. And I think he did, you know, 10, 11 contacts and 
I don't know, 30 minutes or so. And that's, you know, I got to say, that's about what you'd expect out of this thing, uh, particularly at QRP power. By the way, you're, you're really not supposed to put much power into them to begin with. But I, I think that's about, I, I think that's as fair as I would put these. They're very hard to get to work. By the time you would probably get a, a end fed halfwave into the air, the one or two contacts you made from the convenience aspect of these vertical telescopics, you would have already recovered uh, once you sat down to the radio with a with an NFED halfway, for instance. So, so it's possibly save your money. This feels like something that's a bit more gimmicky that you might get into later in your ham radio career if you want to do something very specific. But most of the time, I would argue, probably wait. All right. So yeah, there you go. So did you just discourage people from buying something? I did. Wow. Yeah. And just so everybody I knows. I aware this is something that you could do. <laughs> that I could do. Uh, and just so everybody knows, obviously I mentioned that I bought a bunch of telescopic VHF antennas. I bought a bunch of other antennas to test on the most recent video. And yes, I bought some of these telescopic antennas. The MFJ specifically, the MFJ 1820T and 1840T. And once I'm done shooting a video with them, I am going to give them away. So there you go. Make sure you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and join us over on the Discord because that's likely how I'll be doing it. So yeah, I think that's where we're going to leave it. I'm very tired. How are you feeling, Leah? I've got to go prepare for somebody's birthday. Oh, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> no rest for the weary, the weary at this point. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us your feedback means a lot to us. Have a good weekend. 73. 73.